Hi, I'm Mike Bloom, one of the co-hosts on The Hamster Factor. Even though I spend so much of my day-to-day watching and talking about television, there are quite a number of films that I have never seen in my life. Luckily, my friend AJ Mass, who's a film aficionado in his own right, decided to take it upon himself to be my guide through the wide world of movies. Every podcast on The Hamster Factor, AJ picks a movie for me to watch that I have never seen before, and we compare and contrast our differing opinions. Join us as we do a deep dive on Donnie Darko, fly through the butterfly effect, court primal fear, and take expansive looks at the works of filmmaker luminaries like John Carpenter and David Lynch. Check out The Hamster Factor today on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Ramblecast with Jack and Nick in Boston, who's not wearing an Apple Watch right now because I don't <laughs> want to get called for cheating. So sh- I was stunned that anyone anyone associated with a, a, a Boston area sports team could be accused of cheating. I just, I just, that just shocked me. I just, I don't, it's just normal. So <laughs> I, 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 let me just first start off by say that, you know, this is also one part of the story. Um, but the, the, this particular part of the story, if true, is terrible, and um, they should be penalized for it. I'll be the first to say it. Um, I will say this, is that with the exception of Deflategate, I still do not believe in Deflategate. Uh, but, you know, Spygate and all that other stuff, New England teams are terrible at not getting caught. Because there are so many other teams. There, are, There's actually a lawsuit that's open right now against the Yankees for utilizing one of the Yes Network's cameras for doing the exact same thing. But um, not going to hear about it because it's actually a little bit more awesome, the fact that they're using the technology of an Apple Watch to uh, communicate back and forth, which is kind of crazy. But uh, shame on them for getting busted and shame on them for, for cheating. So for those that are listening out there, like, explain it more. Like How exactly were they cheating with the Apple Watch? <clears throat> so what they were doing is they had one of the coaches um, was watching the calls, uh, pitch calls from you know the, the view of the pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure exactly sure where they were watching the calls from, whether it's the third base side or even in the from one of the cameras, probably from one of the cameras. And what they were doing was they're accused of doing is actually sending you know looking at their watch and sending a message to. Um, uh, to to the team to so they know what what pitches to expect, which is nuts. Like, that's actually kind of crazy. That's that's the abuse of technology in the game for sure. But uh, I don't. I you know I never played at that level. But for me, knowing what pitch was coming next always just gave what like I we used to have this guy his playing adult league. And this guy his dad just come to the games. He go curveball, fastball. I go finally turn. I go shut up. <laughs> Well, you, that that you're just messing me up. But th- think think about that from the perspective of somebody who um, maybe a base runner or someone anticipating how a play could you know roll out. So again, I don't know how quickly they can communicate this and how effectively they can translate it and put it into play. But if you know it's going to be a fastball low and away, chances are you're going to you know you're well, probably they, going to hit the ball they, opposite they, field. So they, when you're running well, they, bases, you know what but, to do. But they already do that when their guys at second base. He's yeah. already he's already signaling. I mean, there's ways that they do that already. Yeah. But I guess that's you know there's there's just w- different ways of cheating. But there's certain levels you can't cross. Right. 
Aligned. I think I think the watch and <laughs> relaying messages kind of crosses that. And, line. Unless it helps my Apple stock, then I'm all for it. <laughs> I you know I don't if it shoots up Apple a hundred dollars a share tomorrow, I I'm all for it. Cheat yeah. away, cheat away. <laughs> so but, uh, my dad's an Apple stock owner, and he was all happy on Friday. He's like, man, my stock went up a lot today. I was like, yeah, it's Force Friday. He's like, what's that? And I'm like, I don't worry about it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, it's crazy. It's interesting for sure. Um, it would be interesting to see how it all rolls out. But it's, it's already turning into, like, Michael Rappaport. I don't know if you've been following him at all recently. He's been a contributor to Barstool Sports quite a bit. He put out an expletive-laden uh, um video response to it and he actually said something that kind of pissed me off and he said uh you've you you're you were known for either you were known for or you took boston strong and made it boston wrong and i was like uh, that's not right no. i don't think he should have crossed that line that's um, that's that's a that's a that's crossing the line yes yeah, yeah so i i, I don't i, I don't mind i don't mind calling everyone in boston a cheater <laughs> but but that, that that's just that's just wrong because yeah you don't that, you don't mess with Boston Strong that's that's, that's, that's a, a completely that's a, that's a completely different thing so but um yeah it would be interesting um once again I mean if you go back to Spygate uh, we got busted for that um we were one of the only we were the only team uh, not the only team we're one of the only teams that got uh, in trouble for it got caught doing it but we're also the only team that the press decided to make a story out of um. And I, well, you know, well, the rumor is the reason the press has gone after you because Goodell and his his being the, the great commissioner he is destroyed all the evidence. Fair, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that's what is ticked. That's what's kept the story going so long is that there was so, so much evidence there, and I guess so much other stuff there that Goodell said, "Yeah, for the integrity of the game, we got to destroy all this evidence." Yep. So speaking of Goodell and speaking of the Patriots. Um, uh, I, I'll put it in the in the, the show notes or in the comments on the on the Facebook page. But um, Barstool Sports actually took out a um, a billboard on Route One right next to the stadium, um, and it's the infamous uh, Goodell is a clown <laughs> logo. I don't know if yeah. you've seen that before, um, but it's the blue background with Goodell has a clown nose and he's just all made up like a clown. Um, so. Not only did Barstool Sports actually uh, rent out a billboard right next to the stadium, of which Goodell will drive by, um, he's, they're also handing out I think sixty or eighty thousand uh, towels with the same image on them <laughs> at the game. Uh, so they actually had, they got backed by one of the um, you know one of those those sports betting companies. I don't even know what the um, you know what I'm talking about like the fantasy football whatever yeah. companies. They got backed by one of these companies, and they're they're co-producing these hand towels. The big, you know, like the terrible towels. But they're blue, and they've got the the Roger Goodell clown face on them. They're gonna hand them out nice. all over the place on what, opening night on Thursday. What are, what are those going for on eBay? They're not they're not out yet. I know, but what will they go for on eBay? Uh, I don't know. There's gonna be eighty thousand of them. Probably not that much. All right, <laughs> you're, you're you're going to the game. Are you gonna sell yours? Or are you gonna keep it? I am not going to the game. I'm not going to the game. No, no, I'm going to a friend's house to watch the game. Oh, that's right, because we can't do the West Wing. Right. And we can't do the Sunday either because I, I forgot I work. Yeah, I saw that text. Unfortunately, we'll have to figure that out. Anyway, so, uh, 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 but anyway, going to uh, stock, I sold all my Exxon stock over the weekend and bought some more Apple stock. And nice. today, Exxon went up and Apple ah. went down. So if, you, if you're looking for stock tips... Call me up, and I, I will. I will gladly help you. 
<laughs> but if you like tips like that and you like this podcast, you can go to uh, jayandjack.com, become a patron, or go to patreon.com slash jayandjack. Or if you shop Amazon, and who doesn't? And my wife has been shopping a lot of Amazon lately because she says, we get the money back. I go, no, we don't get all the money back. We get a small little percentage of it. So anyway, but she likes to shop Amazon.com now. A small percentage then gets split. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a thousand ways. But no, I, I don't I don't like to – but that's how she tries to sell it now. <laughs> she's, still, she's still doing the whole – I ordered this weeks ago. I go, okay, you've been doing this for like six months now. You got to come up with something new because – like the other day, she got mad. At, she, she, I bought a little thing of butter because I always buy. I, 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 I felt the store. I go, okay, I don't want to have to go back to the store. That's my my thing. All right, so I just buy it. She goes, I told you we had it. I go, I don't remember you saying that. As she's opening up a package that she just got from Amazon, I go, so how much did your package cost compared to my butter? Because I bought a small one that cost like a dollar seventy five. How much did your package cost compared to my but the butter I bought? And she just told me, and then she, when she opened up, she broke it. Later on, she broke part of it. It was a Disney thing, and she blamed me because I was negative about her package. <laughs> so I don't know how it was my fault, but I said, "So it's my fault." So if you drop the butter, if I drop the butter, I can blame you mm-hmm. because you were negative about the butter. But that's my life. As I walked out, as she was complaining about the butter, I looked on the porch, and there was actually two packages there sitting on the porch. Wow. From Amazon.com. Jayandjack.com slash slash Amazon. Anyway, so. They're taking over. Soon it'll be your groceries as well. We're already looking at it, thinking, because you can get it in like two hours, like fruit and stuff. Wow. You can get it in like two hours. I'm assuming they ship from the local uh, Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. And like right now, it's like forty three percent off the normal price. Wow! If, if anyone's ever been to Whole Foods, it's not cheap. So forty three percent off is a pretty good deal. I don't think they're actually shipping Whole Foods food yet, if they're going to do that at all. So, my, what am I getting? Like Seven uh, Eleven or Seven yeah, Eleven Circle yeah. K? No, they, they actually they actually do partner, um, which is why it's not available everywhere. They do uh, partner with, I believe, local like. Um, Produce exchanges like farm exchange um, groups in which you get your produce from, um, which is why you're actually probably get fresher fruits and vegetables because it actually comes locally grown. Oh, that'd be a good deal because there's yeah. some there's some stores here I w- I don't want their their I don't want their fruits and vegetables because they're not they're not fresh. Right. They're actually kind of nasty. <laughs> But the prices are significantly less. I mean, I've, I was looking at the prices online um, if it was available, um, but unfortunately, again, it's not. But the, the it actually makes a ton of sense. I think you pay thirty bucks. Uh, was it thirty dollars a year for the Amazon Fresh? Is that right? Is that what it is? I I didn't get that. For, I'm sure my wife already signed up for it. But I uh, I think you pay thirty dollars a year to have access to Amazon Fresh. But you're getting really good prices on food and it pays for itself within like three or four shopping trips. Can, can you do that on jnjack.com slash Amazon? I don't know. Give it a shot. Let us know. jnjack.com slash Amazon slash fresh, Amazon fresh, whatever it is. They, yeah. are taking, they are taking over the world though. Yeah. I haven't done it. I have never gotten my groceries delivered to me. It just feels weird after your whole life actually driving to the store and picking out exactly what you want. 
And, you know, and then, like, you know how it is, like, you get fruits, and you always, you know, you usually look at the carton, and, like, if it's strawberries, you know, they always have, like, they're slimy at the bottom if people have been banging them up and down. Like, I don't want to get strawberries from delivered, and then, like, crap, half of these are already rotten, you know. Just. Well, I know, like, those those places that, uh, those all those different food places that give you the meals, if if you have something wrong, you they, they credit your account. Yeah, I do. I do freshly right now, which is, it's for a bachelor, it's awesome. Because it's uh, four to six meals a week, and they're pretty much TV dinners, but they're awesome TV dinners, and it's like a good chunk of meat, and then like good sides of vegetables, and um, I do that. I don't do it every week, but I do it every other week. See, I grew up when they delivered milk, and there used to be a bread truck that went around and and buy donuts and bread and all that different stuff. So, how about ice? Were you around when they delivered ice? Uh, no, ice. Uh, we had little trays for that. We didn't have an ice maker. We weren't that. Uh, we weren't rich, but we we had a uh, little trays that made ice. And every every now and then, my mom would put Kool Aid in them, and yeah. we could have Kool Aid ice cubes. So that was cool. There you go. Hey, here's a quick update. So Amazon Fresh um, is actually fourteen ninety nine per month, um, which if you look at the prices at that, if you you know get four deliveries a month, that's going to pay for it in itself. But they do say that Whole Foods goods will be available on Amazon.com, Amazon Fresh, Prime Pantry, and Prime Now. So mm. not exclusively, but will be a part of Amazon services. I know Whole Foods has the best meats in town. Yeah, they do. They're good. But it, but it is expensive. So it's fourteen a month for the the membership. Fourteen ninety nine, so fifteen a month, right? Yeah, so I always get groceries like once a month, and just get them in bulk, and that's it. But I guess yeah, if they're delivering it, you could do it once a week. You are such a single dude. Oh yeah, <laughs> I go to the grocery store once a month. Well, Shit, I, I do sometimes twice a week. Well, I I go once a month, but I get it's easily a shopping cart and a half full of crap. I mean, yeah. I get everything. I get you know, so you get the toilet paper, the, the paper towels. Well, that well, wait, wait, that fills shampoo, up shampoo, well, the deodorant, everything. You know, toilet, meats, vegetables, fruits, everything. Toilet Chip. paper and paper towels fills up the cart, doesn't it? What's that? Yeah, it does take up a lot of space. I don't buy paper towels every month, but maybe every three months. Really, every three months? What do you use a paper towel a a, a week? A little paper. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't use a lot of paper towels. I have um like cloth towels that I use for most things. Paper towels are the biggest ripoff on the face of the planet, but I buy them all the time. Well, now they got, I, I hate the paper towels because they have the perforated like every four or five inches. Yeah. And you end up using more paper towels because you're, it just, it's, it's a crock. Or they have the ones that are glued together and you end up ripping half the paper towels apart, trying to get the glue off the, uh, if they're not in the individual wraps. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just part of my problem. I actually kind of like the select size. Make sure you have the right tool for the job. No, I'll just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on other than uh, we got, you know, Boston's are cheating again. Uh, Nick, what's going on with your life? Yeah, like I said before we hit record, uh, so I had a busy, busy uh, Labor Day weekend. Mom and Dad showed up on Thursday and I spent the next four days basically cramming everything I possibly could and, you know, out of LA to show them. Cause they, they'd only driven through LA. Like a lot of people are kind of scared of it, the size. And so they kind of avoided it their whole lives. And so now that I've been here over a year, I kind of know where to go. 
Well, to be fair too, LA is is so big that you just can't go. And plus, it's so much traffic. You just can't go. Let's go see the Brown Derby. The Brown Derby still there? Did they tear that down? Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's not. Okay, there. I'm just saying something like that, and then you go to see. Let's go see Malibu. Or it's just it's it's not easy to get to. Right. Unless you have patience, which is not something I have. Right. And I, you know, I basically scheduled two to three things per day, and then just like, okay, let's go do this, and then. We'd get there, and I, you know, I made him ride the subway, which a lot of people don't even realize LA has a subway. Um, we went, uh, we went to uh, the Chinese theater one day. I got, they wanted to see that. They hadn't seen, ever seen that. And we watched the the new Marvel uh, Inhumans because they were showing the the pilot. Well, actually, the first two episodes back to back in IMAX. Is that what you said? That it's bad. Is that it's, what you? Said? It's bad. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't think. I mean, it's. It's kind of like the last season of Agents of Shield. You're just kind of like, I don't really have to watch it. Uh, now they've said that like this is a TV show or a movie. It's going to be a TV show, but it, it wasn't a movie. It's basically it was two episodes of a show, a TV show back to back. Because I know that the the theaters, I mean, the movie industry was really down this year. Mm-hmm. That's that's what they I saw on uh, I think it was Alexa said it. Well, I mean, they seem they've said that for what the last. What, five or six years it's now, down. Now, now, could it be that they're showing the same types of movies every same? It's it's superhero, superhero, superhero. Yeah. Do we all get okay? I got it. Well, that and then ticket prices are insane these days because I mean, in my hometown, it's still what well, used to be growing up, it was two dollars for the matinee and then five dollars for the late show. And now I think it's up to <laughs> what time was the late show though? It was like four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, I think it started at five. It started, the late, first late show was at five, and then you had a seven and a nine, and that was it. We got dinner at four, and we got a <laughs> show at five. But you know, like even here, like if I go down to by the Staples Center, the the Regal there is for a matinee is fourteen dollars, and then the regular show is eighteen, and if you get the uh, IMAX or 3D, then it's 22 to 25. And it's like, why would I pay that much money unless you're just a diehard movie fan that wants the theater experience? Because I can wait, what, two, three months and see it on, uh, get it on Blu ray if you buy Blu rays or just stream it off online. So is the movie industry dying? I don't think it's dying. It's just the theaters are dying because it's just people don't want to pay that. Well, did you guys hear about Movie Pass? Oh yeah, I've heard of that. That's a good idea. Yeah, so I, I did Movie Pass uh, years ago, um, and here's the premise. You know, when, when I when I did it back in when Movie Pass first came out, it was like thirty dollars a month. And what they do is they give you, they issue you a Movie Pass credit card. It's got your name on it. And it actually is accepted as if it were a Discover card. It has a Discover logo on the back. You pay thirty dollars a month, and what happens is you, you use an app, and you it's a geo fence located uh, app so you have to be at the movie theater select the movie that you want to see in the app and hit the submit button and essentially what happens is movie pass the company then preloads the amount of money that the theater charges for the movie onto that card and then you buy the ticket as per usual and you'd swipe that card and get in now the idea was you could see unlimited amount of movies once a day for the or a limited amount of movies. So you can see a, one movie a day for the entire month, and you pay that thirty dollars flat fee. Well, I think two weeks ago or two or three weeks ago, uh, one of the uh, executives from I believe Amazon. I'm not quite sure if that's true or not. Um, had came out into public and said, "Hey, I'm going to do this thing where 
I'm going to create this service where you can pay $10 a month for all the movies you want to see. I thought, it, I thought, it, was, thought it was Netflix. Maybe it was Netflix. Maybe I, could be, right. I could be wrong, though. Um, but um, not realizing or maybe realizing that MoviePass already had existed. The next day, MoviePass dropped their price to $9.99 a month. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but just the threat. From, just from the threat. Um, and they got so much business. I haven't seen any numbers on it, but they got so much business in that first day that their entire servers got crashed and people are now waiting two to three weeks to get their card. Wow. Um, so I said, you know what? I'll, 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 I'll do, I'll take anything for 10 bucks a month. I mean, I'll pretty much sign up for anything. So I, I signed up for it again. I'm waiting my card. I haven't gotten it yet. Um, but yeah, man, that's a hell of a way to save money. Um, the only caveat is you have, you can only use it at theaters that accept okay. discover which most of them do. Um, I want to say it might be Showcase Cinemas that doesn't. I'm not sure if Showcase is a uh, countrywide or a regional thing, but um, it works at almost every theater I've ever been to. Regals, AMC. Um, yeah, but what a hell of a deal. I, it, that would be like a health, spot, health club for me, though. I, I have it, and they keep taking money out of it every month. I go, why am I keeping this? Why am I keeping this? It's well, only nine ninety nine a month. Well, well, why am I keeping it? Exactly. That's how they make the money. But the, here's the thing, though, is that you know when I had it earlier, and I'm going to have it again, uh, I drive by a movie theater every day. So on the days that I wasn't going to go see a movie, I would go and buy a ticket for a movie and use my rewards program for whichever theater it was. And you just keep racking up points. So when you actually do sit down for a movie, you're going to get a free popcorn or a free drink or a free combo or a free movie ticket for somebody else. And it was just a way for you to consistently, if you did it, if you wanted to, you could consistently every single day rack up those rewards points on your whatever card it is. I just think I've gotten old because I, I look at the movies coming out going, eh. Yeah. <laughs> even, even, even when I, I look on iTunes, my wife and I go on iTunes, what's, on, what's, what's out there? Yeah. Now we saw that one already. Eh, eh, eh. How many stars did it get? Oh, that bad? Oh, I don't Yikes. know. Uh, I don't know. It's just, I, I, I just, I don't know. I've gotten old. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Jack, what'd you do for uh, Labor Day weekend? I did nothing. Absolutely nothing. Actually, we had the family over yesterday. Uh, my, my wife made her sauce, her Italian sauce, which is uh, almost as good as a... Uh, 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 Ruth Chris pork chop. <laughs> I'm kidding. Her sauce is much better than that. But no, we had family over. There are so many things that are probably much better than a Ruth Chris pork chop, namely a steak from Ruth Chris. Anyway, so that basically that's all I did. I just sat back, relaxed, trying to get this back to hill up, and uh, that's about all I did. Nice. Speaking of good steaks, on I mean, I've, I've been off okay. since Wednesday. I'm sorry, I've been off since Wednesday of last week. Oh wow! And nice. I've done I've done absolutely nothing. You lazy, no good. Sometimes yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, like on Sunday night, I think we went down to Downey, California, which is just north of Anaheim, and uh, there's a restaurant called Lock and Key, and they have two steaks on the menu, an 18 ounce and a 40 ounce, and it's a bone in tomahawk steak. So it's just basically it looks like a kidney on a bone. So it's a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it was superb. Uh, I mean, I don't think it was. You, as, down? you took down the forty ounce steak. No, I I, I got the eighteen. I, I went. Um, you could you could have bought the forty ounce and taken it home. 
Yeah, but I didn't want to pay the money. And then the fact that 40, I mean, that's a lot of red meat. It's like 80 bucks. Um, The 18 ounce is 49 and the 40 is 99. $99. But but it's, it's, it's a good thick, probably inch or inch and a half steak. And now the pork chop at Ruth is bone in. So that's that just telling you, it's trying to sell it there on you. (laughs) No, nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I like a pork chop. I'm one of the few who actually does like them. I just, I'm not going to go to Ruth Chris's and order a pork chop. <laughs> but uh, the steak was was really good. I I was really surprised how good it was. Yes. What was, it the, name, as, what was the name of the restaurant again? Lock and Key. Lock and Key. And hmm. down in Downey. Downey. Downey, California. Yeah. But we went to like mom and dad. I, I took them to all the expensive places that I don't can afford. Can't afford. So you know. And then I took them to a few like like we went to Pink's Hot Dogs, you know, and things like that that are touristy. There's things that you have to do, and if you've never been to L.A., which is kind of like uh, like Nathan's or uh, Grace or Papa, uh, Papa, whatever how you say it, in New York, Boston, to give you some kind of mm. that was that was one of the ch- uh, Chargers' big PR campaigns when they first got there. Really? Yeah, it was, it was a big hit. Was- <laughs> <laughs> and, Z- and Jack immediately leaves side of the camera. He's gone. <laughs> nice. I, I, I had an interesting um, Labor Day weekend. So I did drive a little Uber. Um, quick side story there. Um, I picked up a little person, which I thought was really interesting. Now, I don't know if that is that the proper nomenclature. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I think they just prefer human beings now. Yeah. <laughs> Fair. But, um, but uh, now I got that to be too politically correct because I, I said dwarf, you know, and Jay got on me about that. I was like, I thought that's what you're supposed to call them these days. I don't know what to call. You know? Oh, you, you said it on Game of Thrones, but that's what they that's what they call, call them yeah. on Game of Thrones. But I know like, like midget, you don't say midget anymore. So I was like, oh, I thought they preferred dwarf. I was like, okay. And then I was like, and then he's like, no, it's not dwarf anymore either. It's like little person. I was like, Okay, and so I, I'm with you, Boston. I'm not never sure what to say. Yeah. So, anyways, I picked up a little person and uh, and her son. <laughs> uh, that was quite interesting. Um, she felt bad because I have an SUV and it's uh, it's a little high up, and I didn't like know should I like get out and help or just let it roll. And I chose the latter, and it worked out pretty well. She gave a nice tip. Um, nice. But uh, yeah, I did that on uh, was it Friday night, and then I did go out to um, Deep Western Mass in the Berkshires uh, to our friends of ours um, who have a, a lake house out there. So we went out there for the weekend, uh, and it was awesome. So my buddy Tim, he is one of uh, shoot, I'm gonna get this wrong. One of seven or eight, I'm not exactly sure. Um, he's the youngest of them all. Uh, so he, his family grew up out in, out in the, in the Berkshires out in deep Western mass. And he has an older brother, uh, that unfortunately had passed away, um, about six or seven years ago from AL, complications of ALS. Um, everybody knew him, everybody like, you know, he was a very popular, um, person had lots of friends, you know, the whole nine. And we're out at this, uh, deciding where we're going to go. And there's this place called the dream away lodge. The Dreamaway Lodge is in the middle of Beckett or Washington, Massachusetts. I'm not exactly sure which uh, which town it's in, uh, but it's this old rustic, like super super old like lodge that has rooms, has a kitchen, has a catering place, has a bar, and this really cool room where people can uh, perform live music. And there's t- tons of pictures in the wall of 
all these folk heroes that came in and played. But we went there because there was this um, these two that were they were playing that that actually were good friends with my buddy Tim's um, late brother, and like oh, we're gonna go see uh, Sarah Lee and Johnny. They're playing down at the at the Dreamway. So we went down the Dreamway, and uh, lo and behold, I figured it out that Sarah Lee is Arlo Guthrie's daughter, mm-hmm. and Johnny's her husband. So we sat there for the better part of the night, hanging out with Arlo Guthrie's daughter. <laughs> which is like just it was kind of surreal at first you know like this is just random um but it was awesome it's really really cool venue where they play some great music her voice is amazing her husband is uh johnny he's amazing as well um and they allowed my my wife amanda to get up on on stage and play the tambourine for other songs which is one of her lifelong dreams so if you ever do see her please do make fun of her for that <laughs> so she's but, like uh, so she's like tracy and the partridge family yeah exactly there is a video and now I'll, I'll show it to you guys or i'll post it somewhere um but uh, i know it, it was really cool it's just like a, like a random uh random occurrence of just people who knew people and that community is so small out there that you know everyone's like family uh so like you know james taylor lives in stockbridge harlow guthrie and his family uh, lived in or his daughter at least lived in in uh in washington massachusetts which is all all that same general area. Um, but it was just, it was a really cool weekend. You know, it was, it was a nice way to kind of spend some time with some friends and, and having a few drinks and listen to some good music and having a few good stories to take away from it. James Taylor, who was on an episode of the West wing. He certainly was. There you go. Well, compared to you two guys, I, I did nothing. Yeah. Well, I, just, I, just, I just kind of wasted my life. Actually, my, watch my, Zach? I, we watched Zach on Thursday, of course. Yeah. Okay. That was fun. I actually had to, I, I took a nap. He didn't. <laughs> I was so tired. I just I just conked out, and he he would he refused to take a nap. But but I took a nap, so I was I was well rested. I felt good. I needed well, a nap. That that and my wife and I uh, uh, watched Hell on Wheels again. She only I didn't realize she only watched the last two seasons of it. But I we started from the beginning of it, and we've just finished it tonight. Finished it about. Nice. Five days, I think. How many seasons are that? It's five seasons, but most of the seasons are only ten. It's an AMC show. Oh, okay. Uh, it's a great show. If you haven't seen it, I haven't. No. It's a, it's a great show. I'd watch West Wing first, <laughs> but that's a lot. It's a lot, West Wing's a bigger commitment because it's like two hundred something episodes, right? Hundred seven seasons at twenty. Episode ish, so yeah. about 150. Are they are they hour long episodes or half hour episodes? Uh, hello, well, hello, yeah, 42 minutes. for both. Uh, well, Helen will sometimes it might be 43 minutes, 44 minutes. It's a good western though. It's it's a uh, it's about the uh, about trains and stuff like that in western. Yeah. Colin Bohannon, which I'll I want to, I need a nap. I, I'm jealous of you because <laughs> uh, this whole Uber thing. It's addicting. <laughs> like it really is. I'll be sitting here and be like, "No, I, I could go make some money." <laughs> yeah, like I'll, I'll be honest, if, if we if we weren't recording tonight, I probably would have taken off and gone for a drive. Like it's it's fun. It's actually it's actually I, I enjoy it, and I sign up for Lyft as well. So I'll run both apps, and then when one pings, I turn off the other and. It's it's a lot of fun. So you're planning well, on are you planning on retiring and just doing this full time? Maybe no. Okay, no, <laughs> not at all. 
But if anyone listening is interested in, in driving, let me know. I'll get you a referral bonus. Boom. You get the bonus or do they get the bonus? That's a great question. Um, I, I think that there's there's it's a double bonus. So like if if I refer somebody and they drive X amount of rides, I get a bonus. And if they drive X amount of rides in the first you know, 90 days, they also get a bonus too from the referral. So everybody goes home happy. It's like half my family, like my son-in-law the other day goes, yeah, we got this new thing on uh, Amazon. I go, janejack.com slash Amazon. He goes, what? <laughs> I go, remember, I talk about this all the time. You're going to go on Amazon. Just go on janejack. You guys are on Amazon all the time. Just go on janejack.com slash Amazon. Or just go on janejack.com and click on the Amazon link. <laughs> so, yeah, I, d- I just look at him. Like, sometimes I go, oh, I could just own you right now. This is this is Jay's favorite one, right? No, it's no that that's a different. Um, oh, that's the one that's like on Colleen's side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Right. No, 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 no. I don't even. I don't know that. I've never met that guy. Okay. I'm just taking Jay's word for it. He's probably the nicest guy in the world, and Jay's just you know. You we know, should Jay, get, we should get him on the show and not tell Jay. Yeah, <laughs> just have him show up one time. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun, wouldn't it? It would be awesome. Well, I wanted to get Nick's mom on, but uh, Nick yeah. conveniently sent them back home quick. Exactly. <laughs> I know better than that. Yeah, well played, Nick. Yeah, I know where my butter, my bread's buttered. You know, like I can't uh, insult the mom. <laughs> I, I, you you I, can just talk about her behind her back while on the show. Exactly. <laughs> I'm afraid of my mom too. That's okay. Because <laughs> my, my kids will sit there and go, "Are you still afraid of your mom?" I go, "Yes." Every what day. You, what makes you mad is that, like, you know, every mom or whoever, your girlfriend or whatever, always has the facade out there of how they act to everyone else and then the way they act to you. And so, you know, when people meet my mom, they're like, she is the nicest, funniest woman. I'm like, yeah, that's who she's presenting to you. Like, <laughs> this is not the person I know. Just wait till the door closes. A totally different person out there. Because yeah. my sisters will say the same thing. Oh, we got to tell mom. I go, I'm not telling mom. And I'm I'm 3,000 miles away. And they're still in the same little area. I mean, the same, you know, within striking distance. So <laughs> I, I go, nope, I'm not telling mom anything. Nope. Not doing it. You got to tell you. Nope, not telling mom anything. I'm a coward. I'm 55 years old. I'm a coward. And I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't deny it. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, so I, I uh, ran into my first unexpected, actually no, second unexpected um, financial expenditure of this uh, school year um, because of my five-year-old. Did you have to get down the chalkboard? No, no chalkboard. Okay. But um, so I didn't realize that uh, we had to have our month of September's uh, pre-slash-post-school care paid in full before the month. I thought it was a weekly thing. It's our our preschool was a weekly deal. So I go and fill out the paperwork and they're like, yep. Okay. So that your tuition for September is due today. I'm like, Oh, okay. For the, the whole month. Like, yep. So everything's paid in full paying $565 a month for my kid to get be seat to hang out at school before and after. Now here's what really chaps my ass is that, on average, she's going to spend maybe in a span of a week, I would say maybe an hour to hour and a half before school 
and maybe seven to eight hours after school. So how much is that? That's nine. Nine hours a week. Nine hours a week. We'll say 30 hours a month. I'm paying $565 for that. Did not expect that bill. That sucked. Hey, it, it, in fairness, it's about half of what her daycare was prior to kindergarten, but still um, just a bit unexpected. And then today, today. <laughs> Nick's like going, yeah, I don't want kids. Yeah. So today <laughs> I get a text from um, from my wife. She's you know running late from school. It was the first day back for my wife with students and all of the faculty back together again. So um, they decided that the, the teachers and the, and the guidance counselors wanted to go out for <laughs> post-school drinks on day one. Um, God bless them. So they went out and, and Amanda was not going to get back in time to get my daughter to gymnastics, which we recently, I guess I had signed, up, signed her up for. So she texted me. She's like, can you bring Emma to gymnastics. Here's the address, blah, blah, blah. Go a little bit early. We have to pay the, um, the tuition for it. I have a deposit down the whole night. I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Not a big deal. So I go and get my daughter from school, walk home, which is great. Right up the street from our, from our house, get her all set up with her, with her, uh, leotard. Oh, by the way, dad's out there of, of aspiring gymnasts. Don't have your kid wear underwear under your leotard. They look like assholes. Um, <laughs> So I get to the gymnast place. What's that? PG thirteen. Yeah. Oh, I can't say that. Damn it. I I was. I would probably. I would have gone with a hole, but that's uh... my bad. Uh, Bung holes. Um, (laughs) So I get to this place. I pull in, and there's nothing but like championship banners everywhere. There's like Olympic banners. There's a photo of Allie Reisman, the girl from Massachusetts who was in the Olympics last year autographed and she trained there apparently at one point and i'm like oh no this is not good and it's like drill sergeants in the back going with all these different age groups of kids doing gymnastics and i'm like this is not going to be great <laughs> i get up to and meanwhile like, two of her friends are there and the parents are there i'm like hey guys you know just checking them in for gymnastics and i go up to the front desk and she's like oh yeah we got all your paperwork all filled out looks like you're all set and you just have to pay the remaining balance. And I'm like, damn it. My wife totally set me up again. So <laughs> it was an additional $220 for gymnastics. And I'm like, you got well, well, she's me. She is, she is five, right? She's five. Wait till she's six. I know. I can't. I just, it, that, that's thing. just, that's 760 something dollars, 780 something dollars that, I was not budgeting for. <laughs> Just like, hey, after, after this podcast, you'll still have time to go out and drive. No, not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. But uh, I'm sitting there. I'm just like, that's a good point, actually. I should probably go. All right, guys, I'm out of here. Um, no, just kidding. Uh, like, not only was I not, uh, did not budget for these uh, expenditures, but neither did my wife, and she didn't tell me. I got total sandbagged by this one. Um, so it was 700 bucks down the drain. Not down the drain, but just... Uh, um, ha- having kids, spent. having kids today. I mean, like I said, I'm. I was. My kids were expensive because you know they'd be in, you know, just different different stuff. But cheerleading was like the word. I mean, your, your gymnastics leads to cheerleading, and cheerleading is like it's like a. Uh, the cult. I, 
It is. I, it's, it's the worst. It's like, it's the worst thing. I, I've, I've said this before that when my daughter was in just basic cheerleading, she cheerleaded for a pop Warner football team and they would train and they'd go through this thing. And every Christmas they would go to the top two teams in the area would go to Disney world. I'd literally root against them because it was literally like 10 days before Christmas. I'm like, dropper, dropper. I'd be like, please, <laughs> please not Wilder's Grove. Please not Wilder. Cause that's what the, she, she, and they go, Wilder's Grove. I go, damn. And everybody else was like, yeah. I'm like, going, well, there's money. I don't have for this stupid cheerleading thing that they got to pay this, got to pay that. Yeah. It, and it only got, and it got, when she got in competitive cheerleading, it only got worse. I mean, it was literally five, six, seven thousand dollars a year, which is not bad. But there was a guy at the rink. He has three daughters, and his his youngest daughter is about ready to quit figure skating. If she passes her gold test, whatever that is, she's gonna. She was talking. He was talking to my wife. He said he he's filling out. He was buying. He goes, you know how much I've spent on my three daughters figure skating, and I wasn't even close to the. I guessed that I said eighty thousand. I wasn't close. He said three hundred thousand dollars for all three of his daughters to skate. Are you kidding me? Three hundred k to skate. Now that's that's competitions. That's the skates alone are like eight nine hundred dollars a pair. Lessons are like some coaches charge like one hundred forty dollars an hour. That's a moderate. That's a price for a moderate sized home in most suburbs. Actually, you could pay cash for a house around here. For three hundred thousand dollars, I mean, it just—it's. I was like, "Oh my!" Well, I can't say what I said because this is PG thirteen. I got you. Got to blink. There's. I said, "There's no way." I mean, I couldn't. I couldn't afford that. I, there's just no way. But three hundred thousand dollars for figure skating, and guess how many? He had three daughters. Guess how many went to the Olympics? Zero. Zero. Now I'm not saying that that has to be the what you're shooting for, but if you're spending three hundred thousand dollars. This kid better be, better be sniffing the Olympics. Like that's the thing, though. Like, granted, you you, you want to provide for your kids to have you know great <clears throat> you know hobbies, activities, or interests. That's fine. But a hundred thousand dollar interest without interest is yeah. ridiculous. That's absurd. Yeah, three kids, three hundred thousand. Like, I, I I almost I, I when my wife told me I go I. I, I couldn't believe because I said I said or right, I'm a guess high eighty thousand. I wouldn't like even, a hundred thousand dollar hobby is one thing if you are a millionaire. Like if you're a millionaire, a hundred thousand dollar hobby is like having some my kids sign up to go play little league. That's the same thing. Like if you're gonna be in, but if you are not a millionaire and you're investing a hundred thousand dollars per kid to go and skate at whatever competition level with the intent that they're gonna quit when they're when they're done. That's just, and this one, this one kid, the, the youngest one. That's irresponsible. She can't be older than fourteen, and she's done here. I go, well, what the heck? What were they doing? I go, oh my god, that's just so. And there, there's there's people in hockey, they spend anywhere from seventeen thousand to twenty thousand dollars a year on hockey for their kid. And I'm like going, oh my. And we do have a few guys. We've had one kid. He's uh, he's on the USA hockey seventeen and under team. And there's some other kids that are, you know, a couple have gotten drafted. But you're talking every there's probably two thousand kids in this in in uh, travel type hockey here. 
and they're all paying seventeen thousand dollars a year. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy. And because you had when I was a kid, we had Little League, and I think it was ten dollars to sign up the cleats and the glove, and then you take those cleats and you go play soccer, and then whatever you play, you you just continue to you know yeah. It just I I don't know. It just it's insane what we do because. I think what we put kids through nowadays is too much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, here's the thing. It's like you hear me bitch and moan about the things I paid for, right? Like so how my, my daughter's daycare preschool, that was probably like around 12 grand a year, right? But that's money well spent <laughs> in my opinion. Like if you're having good quality daycare or preschool, that's going to help shape your kid's physically emotionally academically and get them set up for for school if you are a working you know working family and you can't you're not able to do it yourself and for those people who are at home that have the ability to to not work and stay home with their kids god bless you i think it's amazing i wish i could do that um i'll tell you i wouldn't do it half as well as these the daycare facility did i mean from a from a educational perspective and I, and I get that and then i even understand you know, kids playing hockey or playing professional sports through grade school and playing in high school. And once you get to the high school level, it's even more money. Um, and I can understand that because when you, when you're investing that much money into the athletics of your of your kid, you actually start crossing a line over whether or not it's a recreational thing or if it's a, pre- a prep- preparatory thing for potentially a scholarship for school or a career in professional sports, if they're good enough. But $100,000 for your kid to skate and quit at 14 is asinine. That is irresponsible. Now, is this, I mean, Maybe he's an affluent dude. Maybe he's still going to be able to afford to send his kid to a thirty-five, forty thousand dollar a year school. I'm guessing yes, but I like I said, I don't know them personally. And at I mean, the same I, time, I, I just I just know them from in the rink. But I don't. I just was like I was floored. Well, and then, and then and that makes him double douchey. That if he is of that affluence and he has the means to provide that for his kids and has the means to not think twice about it, why the fuck is he going around? Oh, damn, sorry. <laughs> that's 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 twice by Chris. I apologize. Why, but why why would he go in and start whining about it? No, he didn't. He didn't whine. He just said, "My wife said, I'll bet you're glad to be done with this." He goes, "Well, I've kept track." Of how much I've spent, he goes, and she goes, "Well, how much was it?" She goes, "You." He goes, "We really want to know." So it wasn't like he just came out and said, "I've spent this." You know, she was saying, "I'm glad. I bet you're going to be glad this is all over." That's humble bragging. Yeah, it is. But I just, I was like, "Oh my god!" It's. It actually makes me more mad the fact that he's probably he's probably loaded. And and I, I, I I see these parents every day. I go, "How do they afford for their kids to skate? It's expensive to skate." Because these coaches, they like literally charge anywhere from ninety to one hundred and forty to one hundred and eighty dollars. I mean, they bring coaches in from out of state just to teach these kids. I'm looking at these kids. I go, and I, you know, I'm not an expert on figures. I go, this kid has no chance. This kid, this kid, it's just not going to make it. Why are we wasting the money? That's probably it's probably nothing to them. Here I am going out. I have to go drive Uber for a weekend to send my kid to gymnastics for ten weeks. (laughs) <laughs> that's what I, that's what I wonder is like how how does any family afford anything these days because heck I I struggle making student loans rent uh 
you know, I don't have a car payment, thank God, but gas and insurance and everything else. I was like, how the heck, how do you afford you, all that extra don't. stuff? Yeah. <laughs> you, you don't really. I mean, it's just how it is. Chris Ubers, I reft. That's what we did. Yeah. But it's just like, it's, it's crazy though. Well, I mean, anyway. like, like Chris was saying, is like, you know, if you're paying a thousand or 1200 or whatever a month for preschool, like crap, that's, that's a car payment and more than a car payment, you know, and that's just crazy. I mean, granted you have your wife and, and you to split it, the cost, but that's still a big chunk of change. It's a lot of money. We sent our kids to private school. And I, at the time, it was like $680 for three of them to go to Catholic school. A year? No, a month. But that was like, we didn't have that kind of, we didn't have that kind of money. I mean, it was like, I said, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? But, you know, I mean, I'm not Catholic. So I was like, why are we doing this? <laughs> Isn't there a cheap atheist school down the street? That was, it, was it just the quality of, quality of education? Is that why you sent them? I think my my wife liked that they were getting the uh, Catholic, you know, structure. She, and she liked she liked all the people there and stuff like that. And Wait, so six hundred bucks a month for three kids? Six eighty, I believe it. Towards the that, end, it that's was. not that's not bad. But then we had to buy script, and you had to donate time, and you had to. But that's why I always I always laugh about public schools. I go, okay, here I'm t- it because I think at the time it was like six thousand dollars per child in California. A month to send a whatever it was for. Well, I forget what it was, but it was like some outrageous thing. But, but the Catholic school could do. But you volunteer your time, though. You have to, like, they had bingo, and then they had the script you had to buy, which was you know, you buy a grocery store every for every hundred dollars. The 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 school would get some so much on the dollar or something like that. But right. But you did what you could and stuff like that. But it was like at the time that was a lot of money for us that because. You know, once we'd got that in rent, I mean, I was working two jobs back then. Didn't have the option to Uber, but uh, I should have started the company. Should have mm-hmm. thought. Should have thought about that. Brilliant. What was I thinking? Yeah, you could have bought the Chargers, kept them in San Diego. I know. Actually, no, I would have moved them. Made a billion dollars. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I would have kept them in San Diego. You know that. So you're poking the bear, Nick. I <laughs> I, I said I wasn't going to do it, but. Anyway, so yeah, having kids, not trying to scare you off, Nick. We know you still have time, but it's not getting any cheaper. And that's it sure. is not cheap at all. But I think worth it. Just, just one. I see families come in with like six or seven kids. I look at them, I go, How? Yeah. How can you afford these kids? How have your fallopian tubes not fallen out of your body? <laughs> it's not like the old days where you could have them work on the farm. <laughs> it's like, exactly. What's going on? That's why you had kids. They were exactly. your labor. Like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to have another kid. Well, tax credit. Yeah. I don't, think, I don't think they had tax credits 1800s, did they? No. no. <laughs> That's something I, you know, I think is funny about uh, the legal system, that, that no one has ever sued discrimination over that. You know, that the government gives people tax breaks for being married and for having kids. It's uh, like, well, you're, you're discriminating against people who are not married and do not have kids. Hey, I, was, I said it was the stupidest thing ever, but I took that credit like that. Okay, yeah. Oh, exactly. That's, yeah. Why no one, that's why no one protests <laughs> because the majority of us are married and have kids. It's <laughs> stupid, though. But yeah. it, okay. 
are you going to give me another tax credit if I have another kid? Because I, I used to joke with the, uh, we go like H&R Block or something. I go, so if I adopt like 30 kids on December 31st, can I bring them back on, Jan can I bring them back on January 2nd? Mm. <laughs> it didn't work out. <laughs> anyway, someone did that? No, I said, I'm surprised no, no one oh. has done it. No. Uh, because it makes sense. It's kind of like, uh, what was it, about six years ago, uh, a guy, uh, uh, I think he was like 22 or 23, sued um, a woman. And it, the, the the idea of the case was interesting, not what he did. But it was um, it's because like he got this girl pregnant in college. And he had basically had said that we'd been dating for years. And he had told her he didn't want to have kids. And she got pregnant and sued him for like back or for you know child support and all these things like that. And he goes, no, I told her from the beginning I didn't want kids. I was like, why is it my responsibility to pay for this when I had said I didn't want kids? Because you slipped one past the goal, you nub. I know, but like, but the, his argument. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying this is what his argument was: is that you know, if a woman uh, wants to, like, okay, if a woman doesn't want to have a kid, but I want to have a kid, you know, it's still her, and then you know, it's it's her body so she can terminate and choose to terminate. But I have no say in that, but I have, but it's, it's, I'm saying it's like, it's uh he was saying he shouldn't, because he never wanted to have kids. He shouldn't be responsible. The same as her. Then, then he should have never had sex. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing, but he didn't win the case, but it was just, I never had heard that someone actually make the argument of, of that before. I was like, oh. it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. His, it wasn't his wife was got pregnant. You know, he got his wife pregnant or his girlfriend pregnant and right. man up. Yep. That's basically what it was. Exactly. But, uh, man, if the broadcasters listen right now, they, they they were borderline ready to jump through the screen or their phones and, oh, uh, yeah. and rip you guys off. better answer this question correctly. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know, don't get me wrong. You'll you'll never hear me give an answer different than that. It's not in that case. I'm, I'm very big on people manning up. Yep. Exactly. And womaning up. Be a yeah. good mom. Actually, I call it oh. pers I call it personing up. Yeah, you talk about crazy <laughs> crazy things happening. Um I don't know if you guys saw this story and it happened in some rural town in Michigan uh, where it was three women at a Walmart. Uh, there was one notebook left in the school section and I think it was a 20-year-old mom, like a late 20s mom and a 40-something-year-old mom. And they were arguing over the last notebook and they actually got to the point where they started uh, pushing each other over it and fighting over it. And then the older mom fell to the ground. And when she hit the ground, she pulled out a gun on them. And you can see, literally see the Walmart employees all just like turn their head and like, I'm getting the hell out of here. Stop it. Over, no, it a, over a notebook. Over, over a notebook. Was it a, was it a, the bigger notebook or the smaller notebook? I didn't get into that far into it i just so she, i just saw the video so like, the old the older woman falls down and she pulls out a gun yeah i guess because at that point because that's usually depending on what state the laws are is that once you've made physical contact with somebody to where it's a, an actual assault you can justify that all three but should like, go to, all three should go to jail for fighting over a notebook a notebook yeah because like it's not like that way now in tennessee because like you have to because uh, even if you've been like, let's say you had a coat on or a shirt, and if you pull back your shirt or your coat just to show someone a gun, you're automatically like in the wrong right there, and you can go to jail for that. I watch, like, I watch, I watch Justified. It's not the same rule in Kentucky. 
<laughs> but no, say say the woman. Luckily, I guess she didn't shoot him, right? Right, she didn't shoot him. No, she didn't shoot anybody. She just pulled it out. So, I guess. So what? So what if she pulled out the gun, shot the two other women, killing them? So now all this, this two families would be out without a. Well, actually, all three families would be without a mom. Yeah, over a notebook. Over a notebook. Yeah. Well, have we completely lost our senses? What's going on? I mean, that just to me is insane. I'd be like, all right, take the notebook. I'm reading about this now. This is nuts. Mm. Uh. So the thing is that you usually, in any of those situations, you have to – she would have lost. I mean, if she would have shot him or anything, she probably would end up going to jail anyway for pulling out the gun in the first place because you have to show an actual threat. The same as like police officers are supposed to say, Man, you're not supposed to pull your gun out on a cop unless you actually have a, a threat towards your life. Right. And uh, and in those in, that, in nowhere in that situation – was there an actual threat to that woman's life? And they even t- I tell you that in Tennessee that if you it's not official, but like if they tell you if you actually get to the point where you pull out your gun, you better go ahead and kill that person because they will sue you indefinitely uh, because you've basically threatened their life. It's a it's an assault. Who needs to bring a gun into a Walmart? <laughs> well, even if you I, get, I, I, well, I guess I, I I gotta at least bring a gun in if I get to go down the off supply section or school section. Don't I they sell you- guns at Walmart? Yeah, they do. They do, but don't you have to wait 15 days to get it? Uh, handguns, like I think a shotgun you can buy day of. Uh, rifles, I think day of. And handguns, yeah, you have to wait. 21, I think it's a 20-day period. It's a 20-day period? Not the yeah. Brady Bill? Yeah. Right? I don't know. That's just crazy. Maybe. I don't know. It was, it was more shocking that... Someone spent three hundred thousand on their three kids to skate, or someone pulled a gun on two other people right, <laughs> yeah. over a notebook. I, I I don't know what's wrong with this world. I, luckily, I only have so much time left. I mean, I got, is there anything that, to add to that story, Chris? Since you're reading about it, no, I'm mean, it just baffles me. People baffle <laughs> me. Well, you had a story, didn't you? You were talking about uh, Freddie Mercury. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, well, right before we started uh, recording, actually. Um, and I'll, I'll post the uh, the link to the article in the on the Facebook group. Um, we had uh, an article came up about the new Freddie Mercury biopic, which I believe is called Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, and as soon as we get a post for the episode um, on the Facebook group, I will also put this on there. But I'm gonna, I don't want to butcher the guy's name. I think it's uh, his first name is Remy. Malik or last name is Malik. Uh, not to be confused with Malik from Star Wars uh, lore. Is that right? Malik or is that Merrick? Either way. Uh, Rami Malik. <laughs> um, you might know him from the, the, the hit show I Robot. Um, Wait, is he, it, isn't it Mr. Robot? Is it? You're right. I Robot's a terrible movie with Will Smith. Um, <laughs> Rami Malik uh, is, was cast as Freddie Mercury. And they, they released an image. And granted, it's one image, and it's an image of uh, Freddie Mercury on stage, you know, performing and looking off to, the, to his right. But holy crap, does this dude look like um, Freddie Mercury? Well, he's not, um, he's not doing the singing, is he? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I would assume not. But um, I, I don't think anyone. There's not too many people who do Freddie Mercury justice. Yeah, but but I'm telling you, from a physical perspective, he looks exactly like him. It's it's actually kind of nuts. 
Um, but Remy Malik is going to be doing uh, or portraying Freddie Mercury. Uh, but here's the thing: is that the, Nick, we were talking about this earlier, is that I don't believe that the uh, the movie is going to portray the, the entire life uh, uh, in postmortem of Freddie Mercury. But the the biopic is is, is slated to cover. Um, uh, let's see, Queen actually before Queen, but um, Freddie Mercury's life from 1970 up until the band's performance at Live Aid in 1985. So it's going to take place over the span of 15 years. Um, it will be directed by Brian Singer. I know that's going to elicit some, some groans, um, but I'm interested in seeing how well this... I think this movie's going to do really, really well. I mean, is it, especially is it, it's well-cast. Is, is it made for TV or is it a motion picture? Motion picture. Yeah, oh, I, so think not, go, I think so it'll go great. So now i got to go to the theater. Yeah. Finally. Yeah, because I think uh, a lot of people don't know the story of Queen because it's really interesting how you know they they struggled for five years to uh, to to have a hit and their their first three albums weren't really a success and they ended up suing their manager and they got real bitter about it which is why Night at the Opera is so good in the 19, late nineteen seventy five album with Bohemian Rhapsody and uh, uh, My Best Friend and all that because like basically when they got a new manager and uh, kind of a new contract, they said, you go out and you make the best Degum record possible because this might be your last chance. And sure enough, they did. They made a classic record. And then they, you know, they had like a five year period of their heyday, which kind of peaked with, uh, under pressure with, uh, mm -hmm. with, uh, uh, we lost Chris. We lost Chris. The, uh, now is he, tr he's trying to come back. He's trying to come back. <laughs> Uh, but it peaked with Under Pressure with the David, David Bowie. David Bowie. Yeah, and then they kind of went into like that 80s where everyone kind of went in the early 80s like in a lull of like they weren't sure what to do musically because it was all about disco or you know, disco beats and, and synthesizers. And, right. And, uh, and then the, the, the Live Aid in 85 basically solidified them as legends because they basically, because I think Elton John and so, no, they went on first. Yeah. And like Elton John, a few other people came out later and they're like, we can't follow that because they basically owned Live Aid. I mean, when talk, people talk about Live Aid, they talk about Queen. Yeah. They laid it all out. It's funny how band can struggle for five years and you, you, you kind of look at, it's like actors or does anyone who's successful, you go, well, how did they struggle? I guess you just had to find your niche and just find the right you know, I always wonder what you get the one hit wonder people and they're never, never able to do it again. That always baffles me. I'm sorry. Like we're all kind of the broadcast apparently is having a discussion about Unix and they're blowing me up asking about, do your, does your penis shrivel or do your balls shrivel? And I'm like, how would I know? We're a PG 13 podcast right now. So and those are, biological terms yeah uh anyway so going back to queen and freddie mercury oh right um i just i just always you know you said it took five years for them to uh, but i guess that's the true of a lot of bands it takes yeah. them a while to you know they have to earn their way and yeah the, and it's, it's it's what crazy is like when you think about because i know like john lennon will always say that like, you know, we had been a band for 10 years when we broke up, you know, and he's thinking about 1968 at that point, but the Beatles didn't really make it until 63, 64. And so when people think, well, they were only a band for, you know, six years, and you're like, well, to them, it's longer because there's all the years of right. them paying their dues and writing songs together before they even get recorded. Well, you wonder how many people have quit, you know, they, they just quit. They couldn't handle it anymore. 
But if they would have kept going, they they could have been the uh, band that everyone remembers, or, or just like that, an actor, or so, just how many people have quit doing something that maybe they should just kept going a little longer. Yeah, well, that dude's daughter who paid a hundred thousand dollars for figure skating. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all three quit, so. Well, I mean, every, and people chase their dreams, and it's good, but you always have to have a fallback. I mean, I think that's where, you know, some people need to, and then some people don't. Like, there's tons of people who move out here to L.A. with $5,000 in their pocket thinking, oh, I can live on this for, you know, six months before I get my first acting gig, and then they're gone within a month because they don't well, realize Because $5,000 $5, is not, not that much money in L.A. Yeah, but you think, you know, to a lot of other states, they, they think it is, and it's not. It's, right. You know, uh because I think, oh, I can get an apartment for five hundred a month, and you know, and uh, you know, hundred bucks for groceries, and <laughs> you're like, yeah, dream nope. on. Nope, nope. Uh, but yeah, and then you know, like like Neil Young, you know, wrote you know, needles and the damage done. You know, the same thing. Like guys who would be gigging, you know, or playing two or three shows a night, no one noticing them, not making any money, and then uh, they're looking at all these guys who are writing these great songs, and they're like, oh, well, Keith Richards is doing heroin. Maybe I should do heroin. Next thing you know, you know, they're <laughs> You know, and they die. And there goes the five grand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One shot or whatever it is. I don't, I don't know. But I just, I always, that's just things I always wonder about. If they just would have stuck with it or, or it's like you said, knowing when, okay, I'm, I don't have the talent. When, sh- when should I quit? But if, if like Jack just said on the podcast, what if I went another month and I, I, I struck gold, but what if I keep going another 10 years and I'm still not, and I'm 50, I'm 70, I'm 80. When do, when do you say enough's enough? Well, I mean, I, I think, you know, if you actually have the, a talent, you'll still do it. But you still have to be smart enough to realize I have to pay the bills. And because uh, if you're like a songwriter, you need to be writing at least one song a day. Uh, and it doesn't have to be complete, but you need one to song a day, a day. Yeah. Who, can, who can come up with one song a day? It's not saying a complete song, but you need to come up with a melody or something a day because you have to keep practicing and trying to do it. I mean, that's what even David Crosby has said that is that he does that. now he's 74, 75 years old. He says he tries to write one song a day. Really? And you'll just have, you know, you could just be two or three simple chord changes, but you're trying to think of something. And, you know, the majority of nothing comes of it. But if you get to a point where you're like, okay, I started one today and I actually have something, then you sit there and concentrate and try to complete it. Because uh, a lot of people who are creative, that's that's actually I think the biggest hiccup with a lot of people who are somewhat creative, is that you you start something and then you don't finish it because the, the they like the creation part of the of the process of like oh there's a good lyric or there's a good sound but you don't complete you know you don't Try, that, trying you to stay don't. focused on that one song when you right. think oh wait there's something over here there's something over here something right. over here yeah we're all a little ADD and I think yeah. that's that's what gets in the way it's like I mean like like take your screenplay Jack I mean uh, or anything else you write a story and in your head you've got the story but actually sitting down to write the whole thing out and then you might even have it three-fourths of the way done and then you, you're like oh, I'll get back to it and then you go and read it a few months later and then you start editing it and start making revisions of it and then you never finish the thing. Actually, yeah. I, I did finish it. I just have not. I know I have to go back and redo it some parts. I just don't feel like doing it. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. And I mean, it, the, it pops up. When I, when I restart, like I, before we record, I restart my computer. It pops up. Yeah. I get, And I go, just get out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> Minimize. I, I don't have time for you right now. I just don't. I don't, I don't have time. 
I finished it. That's all. That's all I meant. I set out to do. Yeah. See, I mean, for me, like I've been trying. I know I have not been trying, but I've been wanting to absolutely put it. Like, actually, a real focus on doing voice work and like voiceover stuff. And I've been, I have been doing it for like the last couple of years with not much success, but it's because I'm not putting anything into it. Um, but like, I, I actually have a connection who's a, a guy I went to college with who's in, he's a, uh, an agent for voice actors and he works for a firm that specifically, um, grabbed tool for voice actor. And he sends me work all the time whenever there's a, um, non-union bid up for grabs and I'll, I'll record stuff and send it on and, um, and just hope that something's going to come of it. But I've been wanting to do it for, for years. I actually wanted to do it since I was in college. I just never, never stopped to figure out, you know, what, how can I prioritize what I'm doing uh, around this to try and make a career out of it? But there's, it's hard. Well, that's why, that's why I wanted you to do the promo. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's hard, it's hard to do because, you know, the, the first half of this podcast, you know, you have a family, you've got kids, you got to pay the bills like Nick just said. And guess what? When you, when you're, when you're trying to start off doing the things that you love and trying to, trying to pick something up and, and be successful with it, <clears throat> you don't make money <laughs> and it's super, super hard. Well, what but, you should, what you should do is uh, do product pl- placement because if you're anyone watching this podcast, it's just three of us. You have Poland Springs, bottle water right over your shoulder yeah. it almost it almost looks like it's product placement and perhaps if you'd like to have a wonderful polar seltzer as well <laughs> uh this week is brought to you by unicorn kisses by polar seltzer mm. um no but like it's it's hard it's tough to do like the first step i'm gonna do is like once i get my basement redone which by the way has not yet happened um construction starts next week gonna actually make a little recording nook there you I'll go. be able to, you know, do this show and, and potentially try and start doing a little bit more and put some effort into doing voice work. So we'll see. But yeah, that's like trying to trying to figure out what you're what you're passionate about and how you're going to do it is, is it's it's hard. It's I hope we're not. I hope we're, I hope we're not destroying dreams out there. I mean, you had to keep going, plugging along. I'm just. Oh, guess just... what? Your dream is probably not going to come true. But it definitely won't come true if you don't do anything about it. Right. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned voice voice acting or voiceover work because that's that's actually when people always say, "What's your dream job?" I'm like, "Well, I was like, if I had to pick one job to do, that's what I'd want to do is voiceover." Yeah, sure. You just sit in your house and talk. Like, yeah, and talk. why wouldn't <laughs> you? Right do now. That? Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, I I would probably like you're saying commercials though, or or, or you know, because that's you have that very lower timbre voice that would be good for that kind of thing or you know next on lost you know or whatever uh, <laughs> me i always wanted to do, i guess just because we're the child's child's of 80s i always wanted to do cartoons so i'd rather you know go out there and, and do like you know smeagol or Gollum or something yeah how's it going kids you know like something just where you're doing <laughs> doing weird voices you know and just yep. changing that kind of thing you know? i'll tell you what actually got me thinking about it again after the last 10 years was um, my daughter. Uh, so anyone who's a dad, you've, you've read your share of books at night. And I actually, instead of reading the same effing book for the 700th time and, and hating it, like for me, what actually sparked my interest again was actually getting into it, acting out the book, having fun with it, you know, seeing her reaction. 
mm-hmm. and, and having fun, you know, and I would love to do that. I would love to do to you know, even be, you know, someone who does audio you know, audiobooks or something, yeah. something like, that. yeah, something fun like that. Yeah. I, I talked to Tom Kane a couple of times at Comic-Con the same year as you went, uh, Chris, yeah. and he, he does a lot of the star Wars voices for people out there, especially on the, uh, the Clone Wars series. Yeah. He actually, he actually does the, the, the opening montage, you know, I can't think of any example he does, but he has that general voice and, uh, and does Yoda as well. And that's what he said, because he's probably in his 50s. And he said that I asked him how he got started and everything. He said, yeah, like he goes, I grew up in a small town. And it's like, you just go to your local TV station and say, you know, here's some samples of my voice. And then you, he, that's what he did. You start doing commercials for the local mm-hmm. TV station. And then, you know, then there's so many things on the Internet these days. You can just make a two-minute segment yep. of everything you can do and just put it out there. And And voiceover work is completely different than any other kind of acting in that, it's not competitive and that like I'm a better looking actor or I can do this. It's more like I'm looking for this kind of sound. And so you're like, Oh, I'm not, I'm not the guy you're looking for. You're looking for Chris in Boston to do that. Yeah. You know, and, then, and people recommend each other. I did an ad for Facebook uh, about a year, year or two ago. I can't remember when it was. Um, but you know how like when you get like those, those notifications that pop up in your feed, it's like you and somebody else has a friendversary or whatever. And it had a little animation of the guy flipping through the pictures and stuff. Um, well, it was it was an ad like that, but it was actually the birthday of um, timelines or something. I forgot what it was, and they selected me to do it, and I, you know, provided them the the work and the whole nine, and they actually didn't even use it. They they went a complete different direction, and the ad that I read for um, was actually they didn't even use voiceover at all. They just did like an animation like you see on, um, on your feed, which is like such a pain in the ass because I got pumped. I was like, Oh my God, like the chances are like, I got chosen for this. Everybody who has Facebook is going to hear me. And then I got panicked. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be nuts. Like, people are going to be like, open up Facebook. And they're going to hear me. They're going to be, like, talking to them. And um, so I think had that worked out, that would have been phenomenal. Because oh, yeah. talk, talk about a, um, you know, uh, a demo tape of being uh, heard on millions and millions of people's computers. But um, it didn't work out. I've got a couple. Uh, I think only, like, uh, Cliff and a few other people have heard them or like I've got one where I'm doing like 20 different accents like back to back to back just reading reading is like three sentences and like every other every like four words I'm switching from like you know a Boston to a England to a, a Scottish to an Irish to like and you know it's like and it's just uh, but you know it's just one of those things that in the back of your head you're like I'd love to do this but it's such a competitive industry and no, it's, like, it's super competitive but like you're, you're never going to compete if you don't actually try Oh, I, know, I know a lot of voice actors are upset that regular actors are now moving yeah. into that field and they're taking yeah. jobs away from the voice actors. But if a movie can get someone, say, George Clooney to do it. Right. It's because it's name recognition. And they're not actually voice actors. They're just being themselves. Right. Reading lines. Because you can usually hear, like, you know, like when Tom Hanks does Woody, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's just Tom Hanks's voice. But does it, but people, like, especially kids, do they go to a movie because Tom Hanks is Woody or would it have worked with someone else as Woody? But think about like like Optimus Prime, for example, in Transformers. That's not his – it is, but it's not his real voice. And so he actually created that voice. Mm-hmm. Or think of like uh, 
anybody oh, like roll out yeah everything or just think of like think of the, like the classic ones where it's like oh, hello god you know like whatever you know, like the all the different ways that people move their faces to get certain sounds out i mean mm. it's an art form to do that you know or just not you know just anything they did to but, make but sounds I, but i'm but i'm saying like you know i, I watched uh bugs bunny and and you know all those it i mean fred was it uh blank what's his name uh, uh who did all the voices for looney tunes blank arthur blank Right. No, that's that's the guy that owns the Falcons. Mel Blank. Mel Blank. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't once know that was him until I got older. Yeah. I mean, and then like, I'm saying, but you do you need a George Clooney for a kid's movie or Tom Hanks for a kid's movie? Do you need something like that? Or could you just have a voice actor who could probably do it just as well or even better? But those right. guys are losing their jobs because, well, George Clooney wants it. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, well, I didn't well, like. Well, you know, uh, say, one, one of my favorite pastimes is I like to to rip off you know the movie phone scene from um, Seinfeld. Yeah. <laughs> so with with all any of my newer employees, whenever they call in, we have a we have a, a phone specifically dedicated for you know employees to call if they need to call out or whatever. So they'll call in, and I'll say, "Thank you for calling the manager phone." <laughs> If you'd like to speak with so-and-so, press one. If you'd like to speak with me, press two. If you'd like to speak with so-and-so, press three. And you all, every time, without fail, you, all you hear is boop, boop, boop. <laughs> They're actually, <laughs> actually hitting the numbers. And like, Thank you. You reached a voicemail for Chris. Please leave your message after the tone. And they will legitimately leave a message. It's Actually, so you, should, you, you should what you should say is leave this message for someone else. But they they leave us. Like, Chris is such a jerk. <laughs> I can't stand that Chris. Da, 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 da. And so they're actually just saying they're blasting you without. I think that would be more fun. It'd be fun. It, it, it is. It's definitely a rite of passage for my new hires, which is uh, take a now lot the, of fun. Doing these, it. these younger kids, do they know what I guess they know a voicemail from cell phones, I guess. Right. Yeah. But they wouldn't do mo- movie phone, movie town, movie, whatever, movie. Movie phone. We used to call up and uh, we still get people calling up for hours. And my whole time, I'm t- I go, really? I go, the internet. Yeah. But that's, that's a- <laughs> you could have figured that out seven seconds ago by going to google.com and entering in <laughs> hours for Iceplex. Now, you're better off not doing that because th- those hours are always wrong. Going to strict, strict, go because it, it gets you to Yelp and all these different things. Because we have people coming there. I went on your. I go. That's not our website. That is not our website. Go to iceplex.com, and that'll get to the website. But I, I just, I don't. I can't remember the last time I called somebody looking for their hours. And I'm old. I, I just when people. I had like four phone calls the other day in a row, well, yeah. which, was, which was taking my time away from surfing the internet. I mean, and <laughs> I, 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 I go. Come on, people. Really? I mean, anyone has a smartphone, you just go to your maps and hit yeah. the spot on the phone and it'll usually say like iceplex from 9 a.m to 6 p.m or whatever because we were close I, I i didn't get to go answer but we were closed for like four days in a row the rink and i guarantee the people i keep calling nobody's answering they'll be like that person that calls like eight or nine times i've called two days in a row does anyone ever there answer the phone bah, 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 bah. well i'm never coming there ever again so they get mad at you even though you're closed even though the recording says we're closed but they're mad at you for not being there to open up the rink. Even though if they just went online, it would say, Iceplex is closed. But anyway, 
Uh, do you guys want to skip the movie picks and just go to uh, the emails, or what do you want to do? I don't care. What's you up do? Yeah. Uh, before we go to the emails, though, um, I don't know if we how many listeners, Jack, you could probably find out for us. Um, I don't know how many listeners we have who are currently in Puerto Rico or oh. Dominican Republic or any of the um, the Caribbean islands. Well, there's not um, about about to be at Puerto Rico. Yeah, I, I hope that if you're listening to this, you are somewhere safe, or if you have the means to get somewhere safe, get, you can. Get, yeah, get uh, that thing is huge. That's crazy, because like they're saying, it, there's no such thing as a Category 6, but this would be a Category 6 if there were one. They said yeah. it was the, the, the biggest storm in the Atlantic on Ever. record. Yeah, and so they, they said this terrifying. is not just a hurricane. They said this will level cities. Like it's yeah. not, yeah, you know, and so that's that's a scary. And, and it's de- it's definitely going to hit Florida too. So the uh, people are asking. I go. I don't know yet if it's going to come up our way. Originally, that's what the track was, but it veered to the. It looks like it's going to go right over Southern Florida, Orlando. Like Disney's going to get hit. Like it's it's going to be. Um, it, it is, and then there's another one behind it. Um, there's another one that's like right behind it. Um, Jose makes it. I'm looking at the Doppler readings now, man. This thing is terrifying. So, I mean, you, we may release this after the fact, but um, I hope if you are listening that you're either safe or getting safe. Well, so I see, I see people in Florida debating if they should leave or not. I, no, I, don't, there's no debate. You need to get the hell out. Like, yeah, do, you leave. This thing is massive. I mean, it just, and it doesn't look like it's going to slow down either. No. It's gaining steam as it goes. It's just, it's it's Mother Nature is a very to me facet. It's a very fascinating thing to watch. I mean, but to see something like that, it's like oh my. I just saw what happened in Houston a couple weeks ago. It's like my God, still, it's still terrible. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I mean, I, I can't read any more of those stories about kids. Some mother who had her baby, six month baby, got washed away from her. I I can't read. I can't read these stories anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it. But anyway, uh, yeah, I listen to Chris. Get out, move, go, go to higher ground. I mean, I don't know where you go, Florida. You have to. Problem is, everybody waits to the last minute, and you got all that traffic, and nobody can get out. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not telling you what to do, but I would, I'd be leaving already. And if your if your work's not letting you leave, then they're jerks. They should be letting you go. Because, yeah, if your work's not letting you leave, you quit. Yeah. Anyway, stay safe if you. Write it out. Stay safe, but uh, I don't know. It's it's massive. Um, movie picks, guys. Movie sure. picks. I don't have the song. Movie picks. Movie picks. Movie picks. Movie picks. Movie picks. There you go. Good job. I forgot the beat. I, I, for, I forgot what it was. It all came back to me. There it goes. But I'm glad one of us could, or I guess two of us could remember, but not, yes, yeah. but not me. All right. So we're, uh, we're going to pick. Jack decided to talk I didn't, about. I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to say guilty pleasures because the last time I said that, it, it just was. It was too hard to explain. Yeah. So, so I just, just, I just a movie that maybe no one has seen that you like. Yeah. Kind of like a guilty pleasure movie. <laughs> yeah. It's not, well, I mean, this isn't, a, I mean, mine's not a guilty pleasure. It's just a movie I think is good that I don't think got its fair shake. 
All right, let's let's start with Nick because. You... But before we start, for all those listening, please, none of the I can't believe you didn't include this movie on your list this week. This isn't a list. It's just this a movie. Fair. This is just movies that we thought of. How could we... you have three movies and leave off that movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How come Glory is not on your pick? What what is going on here? That's a great movie. It's a good movie. Yeah. You kidding me? Braveheart's better than all of those. Yeah. <laughs> everyone love- knows. Everyone knows. Con Air is the greatest movie ever made. Actually, two of the three. <laughs> actually, two of the three I, I love. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Uh, Nicholas K- Nick Cage. Yeah. And Sean Connery. It's got it all. Oh, that's that's The Rock. Is that The Rock? Who's yeah. in Con Air? It's uh, Nick Cage and John uh, Cusack. John Cusack and John Malkovich. Ah, uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. It's got everything. It's got romance. It's got humor. It's got action. It's got yeah, napalm. Yeah. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. It smells like, I don't know. Victory. Victory. Yeah. All right, Nick, All right, you go Nick, first. What you got, buddy? All right. Well, it's just a movie that I love to watch it every time it comes on. I don't own it because it's just on DVD. It's a 2000 movie called Wonder Boys. Um, Wonder Boys? I don't think many people have even seen it. It comes on every now and then. It's with Michael Douglas, uh, Tobey Maguire. What is the secret of your power? Wonder Boy! Sorry, I don't think that's it. Is it Wonder Wonder Bread, maybe? No, it's Wonder Boys. Uh, Francis McDormand, Robert Downey Jr., Katie Holmes, Rip Torn. It's got a really great cast in it. And it's, um, if you like really well-crafted screenplays with really good lines. This is a movie for you. It's not an action film. It's basically Michael Douglas is a writer in a college who has a really famous book, but he's had writers, not really writers block, but he hasn't had a publication in years. And Toby McGuire, Toby McGuire is a kind of a strange kid. Who's one of his students and he's writing and, and Robert Downey Jr. is their agent. And it, it's just, it's, it's the one of the strangest movies you'll watch, but with great, great dialogue. Um, That's a great cat. What year did it come out? 2000. 2000. Uh, I like watching it every time it comes on. Uh, I don't it's think written I, by I don't, Steve Cloves. I don't know who that is. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like It's just a movie that it gets good reviews, but just no one has really watched it. It never got its its due. Robert Downey Jr., Tobey Maguire, Katie Michael Holmes, Holmes, Michael yeah. Douglas, Francis McDormand. Huh. Ripped Horn. Did you say Ripped Horn? Ripped Horn, yeah. Dude, he's a screenwriter for almost all the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know. I did not know that. That's pretty interesting. But this is just a, you know because it's it's just different. Like I can't describe this movie really, but like because like Michael Douglas is having an affair with Francis well, McDormand. Well, and he's th- there's a there's a shock that that. Uh, Michael Douglas is a movie, and he's having an affair with someone. That's, that's true. Does a, does a rabbit does a rabbit end up in the pot? It does not. All right, but there is a dead dog. Okay, and <laughs> does it end up in a pot? It does not end up in a pot. It ends up in a trunk. Okay, in a trunk. Okay. Does he hang out with Danny DeVito <laughs> in the jungle? In the jungle. That's how oh, dude, I'm about to like switch it. my movie now. <laughs> I just thought it was something good. <laughs> I always forget he's in that movie. Romance on the Stone. He's in the I, other one too. Jewel I know. I, I forget about. I forget about him all the time. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I, I don't know why, but I, I always forget he's in that movie. 
I like if anyone has not seen Romance in the Stone, the like a younger generation, you should watch that one too. It's basically a, a Indiana Jones ripoff, but it's a good one. The first one, the second one's crap, but um, the first one's good. Is it, is it is it Ghostbusters two crap? Would you say? It's in the same ballpark. Hot coals, hot coals, hot coals. It's been so long since I've seen either one of them. Oh my gosh! I'm gonna have to go watch right. romance. I'm gonna go watch Jewel and Al Romancing the Throne. Romancing the Throne is the first one, right? Romancing yeah. the Stone is the first one. Is that and the then, one where is that where he slides down the mud and lands in Kathleen Turner into her lap? Yes, that's Based, Romancing the Stone. Okay, because yeah. that's the best part in the movie. <laughs> oh, then, the Land Rover scene, phenomenal. <laughs> Oh, hey, you mean Nick? That's your movie. Oh no, we're, 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 I've made my point, but uh, we just keep talking about *Romancing the Stone* now. <laughs> I'm totally gonna go watch that. More, movie more people are gonna watch *Romancing the Stone* than, than uh, *Wonder Boys*. Uh, <laughs> Why *Wonder Boys* turned me on to *Romancing the Stone*? Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with Michael Douglas. I mean, there's actually a lot of Michael Douglas movies that people don't know, but they're good because *War of the Roses*. *War of the Roses*, and then. Um, uh, when we talked about you know falling down, that was one of those oh, falling down. Is excellent. Uh, there's another one, like the one he came out with not too long ago called Solitary Man is really good. That came out a few years ago. He uh, was on the streets of San Francisco. Yeah. TV show. And when he yeah. left, Richard Hatch took over his, his spot. Oh. With Carl Malden. It's one of those sixties, seventies detective shows, cop shows. And then, yeah. And then the game. The game is another movie that doesn't get a lot of uh, yeah. credit anymore. That was a good movie when it came out. But anyway, all right, uh, Boston, you want to go to your film? Yeah. Um, so we were talking about this before the show, and there's this movie. And in, in fairness, I'll be very honest, I actually forgot the name of it. Um, so I did a little bit of research before we started, and I remember seeing this movie at uh, the Coolidge Corner Theater, which is kind of like this art house theater just outside. Actually, no, I'm sorry, inside Boston. Is it, for is those. it, is it Calvin Coolidge? Yes. Really? I was just. Yep. I was just joking. Yeah, it's in Coolidge Corner, named after Calvin Coolidge, um, right. which is right in Boston. And there's how, how, what, what, what? How would you rank him as president uh, of all forty-five? <laughs> what, what does Calvin Coolidge get on your scale? Does out of forty from one, one to forty-five? So starting with George Washington, ending with, ending with uh, the current one, where does Calvin Coolidge rank? Um, I have no idea. Uh, anyways. <laughs> I had a Kennedy. Kennedy might be the one of the best. Mm-hmm. At least no, I'm, I'm not I'm not diving into this this debate right now. <laughs> uh, sorry. So, well, Kennedy uh, had, but he had a short time, so not his fault. But Kennedy's yeah. Kennedy's last year was really good because he finally got comfortable with how to be president and how to stand up against the powers within his cabinet and the, the the whatever you want to call it the establishment within washington and then they killed him for it uh mm-hmm. <laughs> but his his first two years are allegedly are, yeah his first two years are not that great. the views of nick do not necessarily represent <laughs> the views I'd, I'd i'd rather know more about calvin coolidge well calvin coolidge is responsible for the the roaring 20s i mean yeah. he, he, there you he, go he uh, he deregulated a lot of stuff that happened during the teens that restricted businesses and things like that. But you know, it's it's the same gamble and the fact that he's also he's not responsible for the depression. But by not having all these restrictions, it led to a lot of risky investments and people uh, investing money they didn't have in the stock market. And so it's you know it's a, it's a catch twenty two. It's a double edged sword. Do you see it. what I posted about Andrew Jackson on the political page? 
Did you read uh, it? I don't think so. Because I asked you, I, I, said, I actually put you, because uh, he, South Carolina was like, hey, we're out of here. Oh, right. I do remember that now. Okay. Yeah. But, you know, Andrew Jackson, good Southern boy, uh, he wasn't going to let him leave. Right. Well, that's um, the thing about, you know, there's, there's nothing um, in the Constitution that says a state cannot leave the Union. Uh, and I know, like, Jefferson Davis, for example, when he left uh, the United States government, he wanted to be arrested. He wanted so he could sue. He was a lawyer. He wanted to well, sue and he, bring this before the Supreme Court. He got because, his wish. Well, he didn't. I mean, he wanted it before the actual Confederacy yeah. was born. He wanted to actually bring this before the court to show, like, there's nothing in there that says a state cannot leave. Uh, and I mean, Andrew Jackson was the kind of president though, that if a state would have left, he would have declared war probably in the same way Lincoln did. But like right now, if California left the United States, how many people would go, we're going to go to war to keep you in here. I think a lot of people would go, okay, go. Um, so as enlightening <laughs> and informative as this conversation has been, which was spawned on um, the conversation about Coolidge Corner, um, <laughs> I would be remiss if I just admitted that I double-checked and Coolidge Corner is actually not named after Calvin Coolidge, <laughs> also, but rather after right. a 19th century local right. businessman, David then, S. Coolidge. Then I, want, then, I, then I want to take back anything I said previously. <laughs> Can we just have that stricken from the record? Yeah. <laughs> Remove from the record. <laughs> um, We're now finally getting the true ramble cast form of nothing actually makes sense. It's just rambling. To ramble. I will always fact check after I declare a fact. <laughs> after, we, um, after we state our facts, we like to check our facts. Most definitely. Oh, wait, no. No. <laughs> uh, anyway, so my pick of the movie, which I saw at Coolidge Theater, not named after Calvin Coolidge, the president. It's not, um, as, impre- it's not as impressive anymore. No, not even Sorry. a little bit. Um, right. It is one of Danny Boyle's movies, and it's called Trance. Um Mixed reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it actually received a 68. And of the friends that I know who have seen it, it has been a mixed bag of, of reviews. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, I don't have anybody. I don't know anybody who thought it was like, meh. Uh, I really, really enjoyed the movie Trance. Um, it stars um, James McAvoy. And this, is, I think, was one of his earlier movies that he... Um, came out as with success with after X Men um, or Band of Brothers. He, yeah, but he was he's not really known for Band of Brothers. He's just in there. He's he gets killed right away. I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. I'm so, sorry. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Whoops. Um, but he's also in this movie with Rosario Dawson um, from mm-hmm. uh, lately. You've seen her on uh, the Defenders and Luke Cage, and she's she's the hero slut from Netflix. Dawson um, Creek. Nope, not in Dawson's Creek at all. But uh, <laughs> it's it's a heist movie with a very interesting take. So James McAvoy um, is a um, rampant gambler, and he has uh, he's 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 a thief. So he has this addiction of gambling as well as stealing things. So he plans out and steals. He plans a heist to steal a very valuable painting. Um, and in the process, he gets hit in the back of the head and loses his memory and essentially can't remember where he put the painting. So <laughs> the head of the gang, which is played by Vincent Castle, he's like the, your typical British bad guy. He's in a lot of movies. Um, hires Rosario Dawson, who is a uh, psychotherapist slash hypnoti- uh, hypnotist. 
to try and pull the memories out of James McAvoy's character to find the location of the painting. Um, and the story unfolds, it has tons of twists and tons of turns and an ending that you may or may not expect. Um, but it's a very suspenseful um, heist movie that I actually really enjoyed watching. Um, and it is a movie that can be enhanced if perhaps if you were to pregame before seeing. Um, but I will give you the, the fair warning that it earns its rated R um, rating with violence and sex. And yes, you get to see Rosario Dawson naked. So there you go. Hmm. No, that's a plus, right? Mm-hmm. Nick looks confused. Well, I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm watching the trailer, so that's why. Oh. <laughs> Wait, when do we get the naked part during the trailer? Oh. There's no nudity in this trailer. What's wrong? With that? I, got, I got ripped off. No, you're, I'm just looking at the cast. I'm like, yeah, it does have a good cast, and I'm surprised. I'm shocked. I have not seen this movie. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't I've, think I've, 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 I've heard of it. But, uh, I'm pretty sure it got a limited release. It wasn't a uh, a widely released movie. But I'm not. I don't think at least. Yeah, I'm a, I will fact check that right now. It's funny. Like, James <laughs> McAvoy, like now, I think a lot of people know him. You know, because he's Xavier from you know uh, the X Men, the new X Men movies, and mm-hmm. he's been so many things now. But you know, like he's in Band of Brothers, and that's what's the strangest thing is. You know, like I said, Joe Jack loves that series. He's in one episode of Band of Brothers when he's just a kid. And he yeah. dies. He dies. And, he, and, he, and he's an American. Yeah, he's an American. And, that's, and, he, oh, and, he, and he has to give back his his uh, his uh, oh, his his, his uh, medal. Medal. Yeah, his uh, presidential accommodation medal. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you but weren't just, there. Yeah. Oh, but it's uh, the whole infantry. Hell, you weren't there either. <laughs> yeah, you <know>, like because <laughs> Cobb's the one that's giving him a hard time. Right. It's always the whiny one. Yeah. It's like yeah. you know. Like, yeah, it was a um, it was a Fox Searchlight release, which I believe had a limited release. Yes, yeah, they're independent uh, arm or branch. You know. mm-hmm. yeah. Cool, I'll check it out. Yeah, yeah. it's worth it. Uh, mine is a uh, mine's the biography of Calvin Coolidge. <laughs> I don't think one's ever been made. <laughs> How to make people think. Well, you're named after places. But, you know, I, I always said this. I said this on a Ramblecast years ago. We were talking about John Adams, which the book is great. The miniseries is great. But how does all this get done with John Adams? I mean, he did a lot. Don't get me wrong. He did a lot. But why is there not, like, what about, you know, James Madison? Nothing on him. I mean, uh, William Henry Harrison. Ben well, Franklin. Well, Ben Franklin is in the John Adams stuff, but it's just, seriously, I mean, how does this get made? John Adams, how does it? How does a, mini, a successful book and miniseries get made about John Adams? But I don't know. Well, Calvin, it's, it's off a book. That's why. Well, I know, but okay, the book was a great book, but it's still just John Adams as president. Anyway, uh, my book is uh, my book. My movie is Hollywood Nights. Probably most of you have never even heard of it. Actually, I think I have heard of it. It's a it's a story about it's about it's uh, released in nineteen eighty, but it's about nineteen sixty five on Halloween night in Hollywood. It's a it's a uh, car club, Hollywood Nights Club, and it's the final night of Tubby's Drive In. I'm thinking of the Bob Seger song. That's what I'm thinking of. Hollywood Nights. That's all I've been singing in my head for the last fifteen seconds. <laughs> in the Hollywood Hills. But it's got an all star cast: a young Michelle Pfeiffer, Tony Danza. Uh, Wolfman Jack. You guys know who Wolfman Jack is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm scrolling down the line because they have the actors you've never heard of up top, and then yeah. the the other ones. But it just it's 
it's one of those movies I'll call it a guilty pleasure movie because it's kind of stupid. But it, every time it's on, I'll let Fran Drescher's in this movie. And she has a very squeaky voice. You know it's old when IMDb doesn't... Oh, there's a trailer. Never mind. <laughs> I said, where's the trailer on IMDb? It's, it's a... It's I love a the, cl- movie picture, the movie poster. It's just a picture of a woman's cleavage. That's pretty much it. Really? It's not all mine. Oh, maybe it's a different one. Well, it's one of those 80s movies. Yeah. You know, what they did... So what's it about, Jack? It's just about it's about guy. It's like Tony Danza, his friend is is going out to Vietnam, and they're telling him to be safe, you know, because Vietnam is the whole start of the war, nineteen sixty five. I mean, not the start, but you know the, you know, it's escalating and stuff like that. Michelle Pfeiffer is upset with Tony Danza because you know she wants more than just you know hanging out with a club. <laughs> How about this for a tagline? <laughs> At last, a motion picture. That lands moons on man. Oh, wait, hold on. At last, a motion picture that moons a man on the land. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Days and Confused, the prequel or uh, sequel. It, it is. It is. It's. It's got. What's his name? Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, I'm looking for his name. Comedian. He was in the movie Ty Cobb. It's another great movie. Oh, you know, Robert Wall. Robert Wall's in it. I'm surprised there has not been another Days Confused movie that's come out because if you think about it, like you have uh, American Graffiti, which is kids cruising around having fun in the 50s. It was made in the 70s. And then you have Days Confused, which is kids cruising around having fun in the 70s, made in the 90s. So there needs to be another one now of like kids. But what did kids do? What did kids do in the 90s? What could well, be you, had, you had Can't Hardly Wait, which was very much the same setup, right? I mean, can't what, I remember. Weren't the nineties kind of boring? Pie. Oh yeah. American pie. Yeah. I read something on, uh, revenge of the nerds is, is racist, sexist. And it was one of those things you were talking about Facebook where you, you start reading and, you know, one of those pop-up things I go. Yeah. I, saw it, yeah. I said, it really is. It really is. <laughs> A lot of those early eighties films are just, yeah. Like, I mean, cause they Animal Almost, house kind of set the standard, Almost, you know? but Animal house was different. But uh, Revenge of the Nerds, I'm reading it, and I'm like going, God, it, it, really, it was sexist, it was racist, it was homophobic, it was everything. Everything it said it was, it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen it in years, but I was like, oh, my God. Anyway. I, just- I mean, think about how many early 80s films like that was all about, like, nerdy guys spying on girls in the locker room. And- Porky, porkies. And- porkies, yeah. Just one of the guys. Yeah, just one of the guys, which that was interesting because it's a girl dressed up as a guy. Mm-hmm. 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 American so, Pie, for so, sure. So should we go back and get rid of those movies? No. <laughs> they, should just be, <laughs> they should be like Spielberg and Lucas and just make them like there's a black box around certain areas and or <laughs> they're all uh, CGI'd. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I never thought about that before. But you you sit there and you go, yeah, that that was pretty racist, sexist. Uh, everything it said it was, it was. But anyway, uh, go see, go go rent uh, Hollywood Nights. You will not be disappointed, especially when they pee in the punch. That, well, that, I'm in. That could be my favorite. Dude, scene. You, you had me at peeing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, we got emails. Emails. Let's go to the first one. This is from Joanne. Jack, your turn for thank you for giving me more to watch. You are correct. 
Did we Why would you write that email? Why? Did, we, did you think there was going to be any doubt? About what? Ozark is a fascinating oh, show. Yeah. Sort of breaking bad with everyone already broken bad from the start. <laughs> I'm on episode four and the safe episode, and I think it's the best episode so far. The rest of the Ramblecast, Nick, Jay, and Boston, listen to your elders. Watch Ozark. Have you watched it? Have you watched it, uh, Chris? I'm at the same point as uh, is Joanne. Is it Joanne? Yeah, Joanne finished it by the way. Yeah, I, I actually, I see. Here's my problem. I I start watching Netflix and on the couch after like after a show we'll be recording or after whatever, and I I fall asleep watching, which is one of the and nothing against the show, but it's one of my biggest pet peeves because when you fall asleep watching Netflix. You literally like sit there sleeping through seven episodes, and you never know where <laughs> you left off. Um, so I'm constantly trying to figure out where I am <laughs> in those arc. Um, but I have seen the episode in which they get the safe, which was um, yeah. The show is very, very good. Um, it's Jason, those- but Jason Bateman is he just playing a typical Jason Bateman character? But he's in a serious role. Yeah, it's, a, it's the same role as he do in a comedy, though, right? That was my wife's argument. Yeah, it is, but he does it well. I mean, I guess you can kind of counter argue is that he, like he has like, these glimmers of being a total BA, you know, um, and it's it's an entertaining show for sure. The acting is great, and you, it, I know it's a good show. And I know it's good writing. When I'm sitting there and I'm getting like antsy because I'm just like, God, dude, like, no, don't, don't do that, like. You're you're gonna die! Like, like he's gonna get you! Like, like just you get that like uneasy feeling when you're watching it. So for so for me, it's 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 a pretty good show. Now I'm watching season three. Have you watched Narcos yet? Uh, I'm in season two of Narcos. Season two, Nick. Have you watched Narcos? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm started season three. I was kind of leery, kind of like, okay, all right, we we you know you move on to a different subject, but I find myself rooting for the drug dealers. And I, I feel bad doing that. Is that wrong that I'm rooting for the drug dealers? Yeah, maybe. Th- a come bit. on, come on! Don't get caught yet. Don't, no, 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 it, no. It's it's weird when they do stuff like that because I remember when uh, like Clint Eastwood had those two World War II films that came out at the same time, the Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in the movie theater watching Letters from Iwo Jima, which is from the Japanese point of view. If anyone hasn't seen it. And you're you're doing it because it's just a natural human thing to to root for the main characters of a story, and like you know, you see these Japanese guys, you're like, don't get shot, don't get shot, and you're like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> you're the enemy, <laughs> like I, you should get shot, but it, you just don't because you realize that war is just you feel the same way regardless of side you want to live, everybody wants to live, and no one really wants to hurt anybody. Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, I, I felt that way with Americans first season. I was kept rooting for the Russians. I go, I don't want to root for the Russians. I don't like the Russians. I can't root for them. Anyway, uh, final email uh, from Maxwell. You guys should coordinate a time to have Uber Eats deliver each of you a Ruth Chris pork chop. <laughs> and you can eat and review it during a podcast. No. Yeah. Well, the, thing is, the thing is, not every Ruth Chris has a pork chop. And Uber Eats, I will tell you, is not available in all markets. However, I have signed up to become a driver once it is. <laughs> nice. We can go to Coolidge Corner and uh, and deliver them there, right? Yeah. The Calvin um, Coolidge Corner. Actually, Uber Eats isn't actually in Boston yet. It's, oh, um, it's not. No, it's. Uh, I don't know. I, I, they're testing it out in some bigger markets. I think, like in in their home market of San Francisco and California in that area. And 
I don't think it's made its way out yet. But I think, it's I essentially think, it's essentially think, a delivery service. Yeah, it, they've been they've been advertising it out here in LA. Because I think that's what our owner wanted to do one time, and he ordered pizza from it. I go, can't you just order it directly from the pizza place? I go, why are you paying more to order? Don't they just pick it up from the pizza and bring it? Yeah, I, I think it's. I haven't done too much research on it, but it's definitely more designed for places that don't deliver. So, like the the Ruth's Chris example is actually a really good one. So, if you wanted to get a steak from Ruth's Chris, um, you could uh, have that delivered. Oh, if you I, 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 I had a pork chop from Ruth's Chris and had it delivered through Uber Eats, and I was your Uber driver, you'd poop on it. I don't know what I would do. I might not deliver it. I might give it to my dog. I'm well, telling you, I, I, I'm going to want a big apology when you guys have that pork chop. Go, oh, my God. No, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. It, it's it's going to be a good pork chop. There's no question No, no, no it's, it's going to be a great pork chop. You're yeah, like, sure oh it my, is. But oh no my God, how Jack, great of a pork chop it is, Jack, it is going to be dwarfed in comparison to how great a steak from the same restaurant exactly. would be, which nope. is exactly what I would order if nope. I was sitting at a Ruth's Chris. You are insane. <laughs> Because the cowboy ribeye at Ruth Chris is superb. It's just it's 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 butter in your mouth. You just it's like ordering froyo from Taco Bell. You just don't do it. I don't know what froyo is. Frozen yogurt. Frozen yogurt. Why don't you say frozen yogurt? Is that is that the term we're using now? Froyo. Yeah, froyo is the thing. Uh, I guess. I don't maybe. know why you get Ruth Chris's from Uber Eats anyway. Because like part of it is getting it on that sizzling plate, and it's Truth. just it's. Truth. Where they say they say don't touch the plate, it's hot, and I still do. Yeah. <laughs> ah, my fingerprints are all melted off. Did you stare into the eclipse too, Jack? I did. I did. <laughs> so I actually. I, had, I'm not alone. I, I had <laughs> no. I had an eye appointment today, uh, my routine eye exam this morning, and I'm sitting there, and you know, optometrists have to have like the most boring job in the world. When they sit there, good, better, one better, good. or two, one or two, one or two. <laughs> it's like their job. So I, I, I try to like whenever I'm in any those types of situations, I try to um, spruce up the conversation a little bit. So I was like, so hey, uh, you guys got a lot of business the last couple of weeks. All those idiots looking at the sun. <laughs> He's like, yeah. No, you shouldn't look at the sun. I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> people do. Like, was, yeah, just sit down one or two. No, I have not. Yeah, one or two. <laughs> so, you're saying, so any optometrist listening to this, you're just saying they're boring? Yeah. So, and, and Well, most of them are. The ones I've had experience with, I'm not saying all of them are, but like the thing that really, you know, to, to take a page out of Peter Griffin's book, the thing that really grinds my gears is that you need to have an eye exam once a year to get your prescription updated. I know it's such a joke. And I'm like, dude, my prescription hasn't changed. No, you need to come in. We have to do it. So 150 bucks later, thankfully my insurance covers. You have to do the puffed glaucoma. Puff yeah. They're like they do the ones and the twos for a good solid 30 minutes. And then they say, Oh, okay, look at you. Your eyes haven't changed. No kidding. I told you that six months ago or three months ago when I tried ordering contacts that I needed to refill the prescription for. Well, I only wear one contact now because my eye that was the worst somehow improved itself a couple years ago. You have to always go to the right eye for, I go, it's the left eye. <laughs> they go, oh, that's right. I no, it's we, left. Why don't, we just write, <laughs> why don't we just write it down in the in the little folder there so I don't have to be like, telling dude, you. Guess what? I got glaucoma. You give me a prescription. See you later. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, please give me a prescription for that. <laughs> I have to get my eyes checked too. I don't want to. It's. I. I think the thing that ticks me off, like like Chris is saying, I. I would. We don't have insurance anymore. We had to cancel it because the growing cost of healthcare. But we had to cut our dental and our our vision. But it's like even when we had it, they go, okay, well you. It'd be like the visit was sixty nine dollars. By the time you got out of there, it was like four hundred bucks. I'm like going, well, why do I have to have this test? Well, we have to have this in order to get you the contacts. I go, then they have to do this the shaping. I go, does the shape change? Maybe that's why they maybe that's why they're so bitter and so boring because we're always yelling at them. Because there's no way my shape does it, does your eyeball change shape? Yeah, it totally does. Yeah. It does, does it? Yeah. Really? So, dude, I have really bad astigmatism, so I have like ovals. I have footballs for eyes. They're they're fully inflated. But the idea, the thing that's crazy <laughs> to me is that much like you get these every time you go every single time without fail that you go to get your eyes checked the point of your visit that you're paying 150 dollars for is to check on the health and wellness and um prescription of your eyesight mm -hmm. is it not that's the point of the, the reason why you're going it's the reason why you're paying this money to go yeah but every time they say you should really consider taking this uh this this optical test that we can take images from inside of your eyeball and do a full scan of the makeup of your eye to make sure your eye health is up to par. Yeah. It's like, I have to do that. Okay, 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 cool. Like, <laughs> so that's why I'm here. Well, there'll be an additional charge of thirty nine ninety nine. What are you talking about? Like, the whole reason I'm here is for you to tell me how my eyes are. If you don't have the technology that's going to be covered under my copay to get my eyes checked, that I'm already paying you out the nose or eyes for, then you got to do do better. Like I'm not paying you more money for you to do I, what you're supposed to do. My eye, my my eye person has this this one set station I have to go to has three little things you have to put your chin on. Oh yeah, but you have a you have a rolling chair it just rolls back. Okay, start here. Poof. This one, look into the balloon or whatever it is, and look in the eye. Uh, I go, and the poof thing always makes me jump. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> I always say, all right, I'm not going to jump. Ah, you got me again. Ah, ah. <laughs> You'll shoot your eye out, kid. It's because you, you know it's coming, and you're like, ah. Don't put anything in your eye. Poof. Oh, whoa, whoa. Yeah. what is that? I have to do that that uh, that, that thing, Chris, the – it. It, it takes a picture of the back of your eyeball and for diabetics it's because your vision is one of the first things that goes. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to see if your uh, capillaries and everything, your veins are bleeding inside your eyeballs. Totally yeah. get it. I understand yeah. the efficacy of, of the test. And I think that the information gathered from it is valuable to one's eye health and overall health. My, my qualm with the whole thing is, yeah. is that should be part of the exam that you're already paying a ton of money for to check on your eye health. True. Come on. Ugh. <laughs> eh. Eh. Well, they have to pay for those alcohols, those little swab things to clean off the chin thing and the and the forehead thing where you lean against. You don't have that? They do the little alcohol. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold on a second. We got to sanitize this. I go, yeah, okay, whatever. It's one of those arguments that I always love in sitcoms, you know, where – it's like, is there a doctor in the house? I'm a doctor. What kind of doctor? I'm an eye doctor. Well, then sit back down. <laughs> <laughs> You're not really a doctor. Yeah. And then, oh, the, the weird thing is, I don't know, this is just weird to me, is I sat down and 
he took my contacts out for me. Ah. I was like, dude, what are you? Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> what are you doing, man? It just, it just weirded me out. Like, I, you could have told me to do it, and I would have done it without having any weirdness whatsoever, but your eyes are all over my stuff right now. This is kind of creepy. The first time I got any – did you wash your hands, Doc? That's what I meant. Right. Uh, the first time I ever got contacts was at Sears back in the 80s. Wow. Back in the 80s. And because I had glasses, but I didn't like to wear the glasses. Well, I, I got glasses because I was I had season tickets for the pod rate. It was eighty five. I got tickets for the pod rate season tickets, and I actually walked in the women's bathroom. I went, oh wait, something's messing here. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> but then I couldn't see. We go to night games. I couldn't. Those see. aren't urinal cakes. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't see the uh, the ball flying in the outfield. I'd be driving home going because I worked graveyard. I'd be going, I'd be driving at night going, what is wrong with the signs? I need to clean the windows. So, turns out I need glasses. So I finally I said I said. But a year later, I, I was playing. I wanted to play hockey and stuff like. I go, I can't. I'm not playing with glasses, so I went to go get contacts. They wouldn't let you leave until you could put the contacts in your eye. Literally, could not put the contacts. In. I was there for an hour. I said, yeah. Look, I can't get this. I can't do it. It took me like two weeks to where I could really, so I could, so I could get the contacts into my eye. Yeah. I mean, now I flip them up and catch them in my eye, but well, they're easy now. I mean, the back in in back in those days, Jack, um, they were hard plastic. Contacts were yeah, it's a piece of plastic. But that, that that's it's so funny. Whenever anyone's like, "Oh, I can never, I, I can never put anything in my eye. I can't do it. I can't put anything in my eye. It's just, I just no way. Contacts aren't for me." It's like, shut up. Yeah, it's just what you get used to. You yeah. can do it. You're going to do it twice and, and never be none the wiser. Yeah. So anybody listening who's debating getting contacts because you quote unquote can't put anything in my eye, BS. Just go it, do it. it. It does take a while though to get to do it. Yeah, once same, you do it, it's like riding a bike. It's the same with me. Like I hated needles. Everybody hates needles. And then oh, I you, love became, you became diabetic and then I have to give myself three shots a day. And you're like, well, I'm used to needles now. You know, and like you just, just, you just get used to it. I think I give myself a shot. I don't think I give anybody else a shot. Yeah, I can see that. I, I had to give my wife shots when we we're doing um, uh, IVF, and you had to like get loaded up with hormones, yeah. and they weren't. That there are a couple of them were where they were, Nick, as you can you can relate to this interstitial um, fluids. So like instead of like you know not like your your flu shot, which is intramuscular, interstitial. Um, is like pinching the skin, getting a, like a glob of fat, and then yeah. poking the needle and, and doing that. That's easy. Anybody can do that. Um, it's not great, but you can do it super easy. But these shots had to be intramuscular, mm. and they had to go right above her ass. Yeah. And the needles were probably three inches Ooh. long. So I had to be like, deep breath for me <laughs> yeah. deep breath for you <laughs> and just you have to do it in like a like a, a jabbing motion you have to go and then did, did you say this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you oh, man we'd sit, we'd sit there and like ice the area for a solid you know 10 minutes and then it didn't do anything and <laughs> <laughs> I had to do it like I, I forgot how many how often there's, it was. It was, it was you, put on there to, you couldn't put anything on there to numb it first. No, that was the ice. But uh, but there's yeah, a, it was. There's a. It's not a funny movie. It's actually a sad movie. As with Roseman Pike and I want to say Ben Affleck or somebody, where it's like she she can't get pregnant, so she has to do the same thing. And uh, 
and like, I think it's like her line is that, you know, she's like, honey, you're never going to hear me say this, but would you please stick this in my, you know, it's just like, because he sees this big old needle. I you know, can't like, believe ah. I didn't use that line. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Opportunity lost. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing pretty about it though. That's for sure. Yeah. I could, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. God. And then like, I mean, I'm sorry if anyone out there is needle phobic out there or like blood phobic. Cause I know I used to be, but like, you know, like when I would go, I have to go three or four times a year to the endocrinologist and they take so much blood out of you to test everything. And it's just like, you're looking down you're like, <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> I know my, my, my oldest daughter, I didn't know was, uh, she would freak out if she saw blood and she was like, I don't know, 11, something like that. And she got like a little prick on her finger and started bleeding and she just, her eyes rolled back in her head and she almost hits her head on the Island we had at the time in the kitchen. Wow. I'm, like, I'm like, what the blank? Yeah. What the hell's going on here? I, so I, my wife was at work. I'm calling my wife. I said, I'm trying to get her up. Jay, I go, Jay, Jay, get down here. Help me out. And oh, my wife, oh, I should have told you that. She freaks out as she sees blood. I go, it was, just, <laughs> it was a little, little sliver of blood. She goes, yeah, she just can't deal with it. Wow. <laughs> I go, all right. I didn't know hey, that. Man. If, you, if you're ever there, <laughs> wait, which which daughter was this? The oldest, my oldest daughter. Yeah, I hope she doesn't have kids. Well, she's older now. I mean, she's she's better now, but I guess this is when she was younger. I, di- I didn't know. Because I, w- I still remember when I she was like, you know when they have to have all their shots? Oh, yeah. And I had to hold her down. And the, oh. look, the look she gave me, because the nurse is like, dad, hold her down. And she she gave me that look. I'll never forget that look because I'm like crying. And she's giving me this look like I'm gonna kill you. Well, I'll never forget my, when my daughter was born. She had to have blood work done for like the first month. She was born. She had jaundice, oh. um, which for those reading at home is when your the so the hemoglobin counts are off and whatever blah blah blah. And uh, so she had to have blood work done as a, as an infant, and I had to sit there and hold her while they drew blood. And it was the worst thing I've ever had to experience. It was yeah. When they're getting shots terrible. when they're young, it's just like it, it breaks your heart. You're willing to spend three hundred thousand dollars on them to give escape lessons. Yeah, that's the that's the time you say I can do it. Yep. Exactly. Anywho, is that it? I know Chris has to go Uber. No, not tonight. You gotta make that money. Nope. Destiny 2 releases at midnight tonight, and I've got my digital preload ready to go on Xbox One. What is it? Yeah, I'm a nerd. It's a video game. Oh, video game. Are you going to try to get the uh, Super Nintendo Classic when it comes out? I don't think so. I, you know, I, I got the the, the uh, Nintendo one. I still have it, yeah. and I I played it twice. It's still sitting there in my, cons- my entertainment center. Yeah. Um, I think what I'll do, you know, I don't even think I'm going to do it because I'm not going to play it. It's not really that worth it. Although Super Nintendo would be pretty dope. <laughs> There's ways that you can go and make your own and have. Um, you know, you keep playing this Nintendo, it's going to cut into your uh, voiceover acting. I know, right? I should go downstairs and record something, but I don't have a goddamn basement to do it in. There's another one. There's That's Strike 3. No. <laughs> I can't say, I, G, I can't say I, GD. I, I don't think you say GD on PG-13 podcast. Oh, my God. You can say that. My uh, the last day my folks were here, I was driving in downtown LA, and 
mom got to hear me say GD three times in the car. <laughs> Finally, she just looks like, stop saying the Lord's name in vain. <laughs> I'm like, whatever. Like, well, that guy's a idiot. You know, I'm, just people stopping him on the street because that's what they uh, do here. That's one thing I could say in front of my parents. My mom, she says worse. So, oh, okay. I can say that. I can say the S word and, and yeah, but not, not, not that. Or the F, and you, you can never drop an F bomb in front of your folks. You just can't do it. Oh, I have. I I, I did it all the time. Yeah. Actually, I, I don't know if I can say it on this this podcast, but I uh, there used to be a pitcher for the. He's I think he's a pitching coach for the Los Angeles Dodgers now. He's pitched for Oakland. He pitched for his name is Rick Honeycutt. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to call him something else. Yeah. Something I won't say. <laughs> but back in the day when I was a kid, it was funny. Now I respect. I would not. I would. I would never use that word now. But I said it to my. She goes, "Who's pitching?" And I said, "Rick Honey." <laughs> and it, it, it. And she just kind of looked at me. I went, "Did I just say what I thought I said?" <laughs> <laughs> See, I was the same way as a Red Sox fan about Chuck Knobloch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, there are just certain names you have for players and and stuff like that that you you said, and it it was funny as a kid. We'd say, "Oh, there's Rick. Oh, he's pi- he's pitching today." You know, Ricko. You know, you old honey. See you next Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But I said it to my grandmother, who was like eighty at the time, or something like that. So I I just kind of brushed it off like it never happened. Luckily, she lived in Pennsylvania, and she was only in San Diego for a while, so oh. I got away with it. But I would never use that word now. <laughs> Ever while recording the show. While, while recording, recording the show. <laughs> <laughs> but this should be a good time to wrap it up. We've been going on here for about an hour and what 45 minutes? Yeah, about that. Know. Something like that, you know? I thought it was a good podcast. You know, we reminded Jay. Jay's, Jay said he needed a break. Seriously? Yeah, that's what he said. He goes, From I, what? I don't know. He said he needed a break. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't want to judge. Leave that to us. I thought it was a legit reason. I didn't, you know. He, he's, only I, on, he's only on like what one podcast out of well, four. Well, it's funny because you know it's like we have the we have the group chat and Jay never responds, right? Unless, unless you unless you say Ghostbusters, then he hears you. Um, but he didn't respond. So yesterday he was over for the family dinner, and I said, "Yeah, you were, can you record?" He goes, "Can I take tomorrow off?" I say, "Sure." Now, the only thing I think is because the broadcaster was recording, he didn't want to fight over the room. That, <laughs> make, that makes sense. So. That's the only thing I'm thinking. So, anyway, but if you like this podcast and other podcasts on the Jane Jack Network, go janejack.com. There's a whole list of podcasts we do on there. Um, we're still trying to do the for the Patrons Choice podcast, the West Wing podcast. We're trying to get Amanda, myself, and and uh, Chris all together. Yeah, getting the schedules for the three of us has been uh, very difficult. Yeah, it's amazing that we're pretty. But this has been just been a, a nightmare. Yeah. But it's just like every night that you guys can do it, I can't, and just vice versa, and all that other stuff. But you can go and you can help support the show. Go on jandjack.com, and there's a little button except become a patron, and you do all that stuff there. Or go patron.com/jandjack. If you shop Amazon, and who doesn't? You can go to Amazon jandjack.com/amazon. <laughs> I had a I had a record going. I had a, a great streak going there. jandjack.com/amazon. 
It looks like your regular page, but you click on it and it's it's the Jay and Jack page, or you just go to jayandjack.com and just click on there's a little button there that says it's it's the whole thing that says Amazon. Shop there. Every little bit helps. You can uh, be like my wife and shop there all the time and be helping us nonstop uh, towards an early retirement. <laughs> I, that's what she says. Well, it's early retirement because we're, we're getting money. I go, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> She she just has this logic about her, but yeah, I I don't want to say anything because that would just be me complaining about her. You've already said too much, Jack. I probably have, but she doesn't listen to the podcast, That's so a good thing. it doesn't matter. Uh, at this time, I'd like to thank four special patrons: Tack from Tokyo, Eckhart Rickner, Glaffler, Molly Millennial, and Ed the Mailman. Thanks for the doing the letter what you do. carrier. The letter carrier. Did I say mailman? You did. Oh man, I feel like saying Rick Honey Cut. See you um, next Tuesday. <laughs> but no, Ed, the, the letter carrier. What do they call themselves? Do they call themselves letter carriers? Ed, let us know. Yeah, Ed, let us know. And uh, Tack, I did get your questions for trivia, but I figured I'd save them for when Jay wanted to come back from vacation. So From us. From whatever that is. But he's in California next week. Who? Jay. What Where for? Uh, he's Going out for a Google thing and then a wedding. Oh, nice. oh that's right. Parlay your airfare into work. Well played. Sir. I'm not saying that's what he did because I don't want to get him in trouble, but I'm sure that's what he did. But uh, yeah, anyway. So I don't know if he's going to be here next week or not. If not, maybe we can see if we get Matt to show up. Only oh, he brings a list. Is it has to have a list. <laughs> but that's it. That's all I got. Anything else you guys got? That's it for me. Check yeah. out check out the movie Calvin Coolidge uh, biography. I should hopefully have some date stories. I had a date last week, and I have another one coming up Saturday with another girl. So wow, maybe, maybe next week I'll have a couple stories. That'd be nice. What about what about the French girl though? The one you were marrying? She's still in San uh, San Francisco. Like, is she wor- is she working there? What's the deal? Yeah, like she has a restraining the, order. The San Francisco Fashion Week, and so like she's basically up there for like a month and a half preparing for all that and then and then so yeah she was supposed to be back for a, a week last month or in august i mean and uh she ended up not being able to make it and so i was like okay and then but i don't know we'll see it's probably not gonna work out just because i never see her but uh then yeah. like i said i went out on a date with the girl was it thursday or friday no it has wednesday it's last wednesday and she was real nice she's australian so it was really weird hearing oh. that accent i had hopes for the french girl but maybe uh this one will work and we can have the live uh <laughs> I'm just trying to boost the ratings. Uh huh. I don't it's care. It's my that. baby. I told <laughs> you exactly. I want to have a kid. It's my baby. That's gonna be an interesting accent, like southern, like the southern hick, and then the Australian. Like I told you, yeah, I'm not gonna do that typical. But like, I ain't want no baby, you know. Like, but it's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a dingo ate your baby. <laughs> 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 hey Billy uh, Joe, where can I find a dingo? <laughs> I didn't want no baby. And we're going to hell. Yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe All right, guys. Uber to deliver it. Uh, <laughs> I need an Uber dingo. Uber dingo. <laughs> Uber dingo. Hey, there you go. That, that. There you go. Uber dingo. <laughs> you had to get to the very end of the episode to understand why the episode was called that. Uber dingo. <laughs> Uber dingo. I don't get why they came up with Uber dingo. I don't get it. <laughs> 
I get your dingo in 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Do people want dingoes? I don't think so. All right, guys. <laughs> Oslo Ego. And goodbye. See you. Later.